Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Hunger for Knowledge podcast. Today we have a, we have two guests. One being somewhat special to me, my daughter, Mercedes. Hello. Also known to me as Sadie's, <laughs> and her friend Jessica. Hello. Today we'll be talking about the death penalty and other similar topics and the future of America in general. Hmm. So welcome, ladies. Thank you. How I'm happy you? to be here. Happy to have you. <laughs> and of course, how could I forget? Will is here. What's up, people? <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing, Will? I'm all right. Uh, I'm as, as good as, as possible. You know? As you can be in these as, crazy as times? As good as I can be right now, you know. My well, sanity's intact, I believe. Mm, always a positive. Yes. I believe. I'm not sure. Well, I, I cut that part out of the sentence. <laughs> so. All right. How's it going? Good. We brought lots of notes. We're prepared. I love yeah. notes. I did not bring Me notes. Too. You guys, you might be like the most well-prepared. I think this is what we bonded over legitimately when we worked that's, together. We yeah. were the same type A when it came yeah. to work. We, we note-take. We research. Yeah. This is good. This is this is how we bonded because we met each other through working together. Yeah. So. Our, our normal conversations are more... I'm more the note-taker normally. Yeah. I'm in, kinda, in the conversation. Yeah. Well, I feel like you retain knowledge very well. I do. But he always brags about about you with oh, this. That's that's so sweet. That's awesome. I mean, I just feel like it's it's true. Like I look, I'm like, how does he remember that stuff? And I'm like, okay, what did I eat for lunch yesterday? That's what my buddy used to say about like my rhymes because I was just like pull them out from some, and I don't even really know how I do it. Like, I'm just like, I still remember that? Like, I read that in, like, middle school. Like, it's crazy. I'm always so. amazed by singers because, like, they go on stage. I guess you've been doing it for, like, 30 years. You don't, you like, done it so much. But that, when we were in the last podcast, you did that one bit of your song, and I was yeah. like, you just was like, oh, just boom, right it's off the tip of the tongue. It's down. right there. Yeah. It was impressive. Well, I try. I don't know. I, I think to myself, I can't remember, like I said, what I ate from lunch yesterday. <laughs> I or, feel like that too, though. Like I feel like my like short term memory is like bad, it's horrible. But it's like I, I can pull something that I wrote like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't I know. feel like my long term memory is good, but <laughs> sometimes I'm proven incorrect <laughs> by the person across from me. <laughs> wow, it's true. Yeah. No. So, uh, what is it that you guys do? Well, I am um, the compliance coordinator to Lancaster Farm Fresh Cooperative, which is an organic farmer's cooperative. So I do all the food safety and certifications, and I also do all of the crop planning for the farmers, and I do the food safety for the farmers as well. Um, I am currently between jobs, but Mercedes and I met at Lancaster Farm Fresh. I was doing more of the customer service side of things. Um, And then more recently, in the past like two and a half years, I was the logistics director for a um, nonprofit healthcare center in Lancaster. Um, So yeah, I'm kind of enjoying this whole like COVID unemployment business right now and just taking a break and trying to figure out next steps. I was very excited when she was unemployed because I was like, I was unemployed when I lived in California for a few months and it's nice to like kind of come back to yourself for a little bit and like realize, remember your own interests and what you enjoy and what's important to you. And yeah. Yeah. That's Definitely. been nice. 
maybe that have to do a little bit with the conversation later on some UBI because that would have similar effects. UBI? Yeah, universal basic income. Oh. You know, mm-hmm. allow people to enjoy life a little more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, onward. Onward. <laughs> Should we just pull out a stat and just like kind of uh, go for it? Gotta start somewhere. <laughs> well, I guess I guess uh, I had a question. Um, I was looking up some stuff about just like prison industrial complex in general, and um, do you do you know how many how many people are on like death row? Do do you guys have that? That was like, but like I didn't. It's a small amount. There's is it in the hundreds? There's 58 people on the federal death row right now, which is not including all the states. So that's in the whole country. There's that's like no, that's just federal. There's like a a state system and a federal system, and so federally there's 58, and then there's I think over a thousand, somewhere around a thousand for all the states combined. Um, but I don't have those numbers exactly. So almost eleven hundred. Yeah, no, total. That's, that's a good ballpark. You know, that's yeah, that's. Yeah, it's I'll, a small I'll, amount. Yeah, I but wondered. I think like, as of October first, twenty twenty, there were twenty five hundred fifty three death row inmates in the United States. I was off. Twenty five hundred fifty three. Yeah. Thank you for looking that up. Sure. Okay. Um. I kind of wanted to, like, maybe start with this. This one, it was just one of the things that I found most interesting because it's the thing that people usually respond to me with the most when when we talk about the death penalty, which is always finances, it's always money. Um, People always say it's more expensive to hold people for a lifetime instead of ending their life. Like, people would assume that is much cheaper. But actually, the trials cost... Of someone being, um, someone's being yeah, someone's being tried and ending up in the death penalty is actually uh, way more expensive, and that's just the trial because of how much it costs for investigative costs. And so you're saying to hold that person for a lifetime is less expensive than the trial costs. Yeah, more investigative costs and special motions, extra time for jury selection. Um, it's but that's not any different than anybody else that's get, being investigated, right? There's still all those expenses. Well, you'd think, and you'd hope that everyone is being investigated at the same right. high level. Right. But most but people it's plea not. out. There are very few actual convictions. There are very, very few uh, things that actually go to trial. So it really is just like the high-level violent crimes. I, I read a statistic. Like 80% of people are caught just by... Well, it's not caught. You have no, but I mean, I yeah. know what you're saying. But I'm saying that... With the with, by uh, confessing, they confess, yeah. but the pleas are forced. So it's right. basically you can go to trial, but you're most likely going to lose because you have a public defender, and the chance of you right. winning is very small. So instead, plea to this lesser crime, and then you're going to be over. You'll serve your time, and you'll get back into society. Or you could lose your trial and be in prison forever. So most people, especially uneducated people, especially people who don't have access poverty to... Poverty-stricken. Poverty-stricken, yeah. don't have access to lawyers, um, aren't used to not knowing their rights because everything's yeah. about making it fast and getting it I wonder through. what the average age of the public defender is. Yeah. I'm going to well, guess it's very young. 
It yeah. says that almost all death row inmates currently could not afford their attorney at trial, yeah. which means they got free overworked attorneys who I are just guess. selflessly giving up their time. Or young because they're trying to <clears throat> get in. Hot, just got out of college and need of job and yeah, you know, yeah. it's kind of like that's probably where one of those things. That's where you start in that kind of position. Yeah, I just was reading about that, and I, you, I don't think you even get paid very well. What, for a public no. defender? Yeah. No, I doubt it. But I don't know if you need to go to school for as long. No, you do. You still you have do? to pass yeah, the I bar. Think, uh, yeah, it's you still can't be a lawyer without... three year of law school yeah. plus passing the bar. I wouldn't gotcha. be... Yeah. Because they would throw those cases out. You know, to yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So... But you can make so much money in private law. So Absolutely. that the people who choose to be public defenders are really... There are so few of them. That's why they're overworked and they don't get paid. And yeah, I mean, it's similar to social workers. Yeah, exactly. Like social workers, child, children and yeah. youth service workers get paid like basically nothing. Yeah, the money's in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, are, okay. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just gonna ask if you guys have like a stance on it, or you guys pro or anti death penalty, or do you know even? I'm both. You're both. Is that possible? Do you side with one more than the other? <laughs> I mean, I th- I think it's I see so many times like stories of like people that were science has become better, yeah, and D- like DNA, like how long how long will we use DNA in the court system? I don't mm-hmm. know, but like how many people have been proven innocent because of DNA? So mm-hmm. it's like I- I'm kind of weird about it, like. If you have somebody that literally is on camera shooting somebody, you know, and murdering somebody. Mm. But what's the benefit of, of lethal injection versus keeping them in prison for their entire lives? Well, I mean, we're in a finance. I mean, yes, it is financial to me. So most of the prisons, the budget for prisons are very, very small because most of the prison system is... Uh, farmed out, like they farm out different vendors, the food, the yeah. healthcare, the commissary, it's all privatized, and the prisoners pay for all of it. So they get to pay very a, little. How does a prisoner pay for something with three? They years? all have to have jobs. They get 86 cents to $3.24 per day. They have to, or they can get money sent into them. It sounds crazy because it is. But here's the problem. I, I, I'm, I'm, but this is why prisons are overcrowded because but they're per corporate head America costs, has taken advantage of that. Only nine percent of prisons are private. Most are state and government run. She told me a little bit about this in the car, and I my response was the same. Yeah, and she was like, "No, that's yeah. not right." So Which I actually wild. thought that it was highly privatized too. So that's what I started researching, and I basically found out that it was the opposite of what I thought. So the budgets for these prisons are very very small because the only thing they have to pay for is like. Facility upkeep, which is abysmal because they don't care. Right. Uh, and nobody's fighting for these people. Mm-hmm. They don't have to pay for... Um, they have to pay for guards and things like that, so it's salaries. But again, these are these are out-of-high school jobs. You can be a prison guard and have a GED. Like, it's not yeah. like... It's a, like a pretty low-wage, low-skilled mm-hmm. job. Um, yeah, so the cost is super low. The states don't have to pay very much for it, and the government doesn't have to pay very much for it. The prisoners do all the work, so anything that isn't a guard or, like, watching other prisoners, they get paid basically nothing. 
and they do all of the work. So the cost of keeping someone in prison is crazy low. That's why there's overcrowding. Mm. That's why they just keep jamming people in. Because it's not like if you have people in prison, it's really costing the taxpayers much. Most people, most people in prison are awaiting trial. How many? They're people, not even convicted. How many people? So I know Jeff, Jeff Sessions, the former attorney general for mm-hmm. Donnie T, yeah. was the uh, part owner in a prison. Yeah, so I mean so they make like, they make lots of money and so obviously it's like any lobbyist like the interest of the person who's making the laws shouldn't shouldn't overlap with Do we know how many whatever. politicians or people uh, people uh, like Jeff Sessions that are involved in the private prison system? No, not specifically. Cuz that's what I was I was going to look that up was one thing I wanted to look up cuz yeah. I'm always I but think. it is. I a, doubt it's public. It's such a small percentage. I mean, we know Jeff like nine percent is nothing. You know? Like that's not what's breaking the back of the prison system. Yeah. Like that's not the thing that's like making it awful. What's making it awful is just that there's literally no recourse. You're a prisoner. You're getting screwed over. What do you do about it? And then right. not only that, but then you come out of prison. Most are felons, or some are some high percentage are felons. If you go to prison, are you a, are you? It's, it's is it a felony? No, no, no. It, so you can go into prison for a felony misdemeanor. Misdemeanor is like a lesser charge. Yeah. But people, you can go into prison for violating your parole. Right. You right. can go into prison because you're awaiting trial. Like there right. are so many people in prison who have not been proven to have committed crimes. And do you get a? Ru- a refund no, if no. you pay bail you're right. and you're yeah, found you not do. guilty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay. Know, bail yeah. is just to get that's you different, back though. to. That's being, what they're trying I know, to but hold that's, to make sure you show up for yeah. court. Once you show up, you get the money. Back. So if, yeah. So but what if, if your court case, your court appointment is like six months? That's does, your bail, right? Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you yeah. still no matter if you're found guilty or not, as long as you show up, you mm-hmm. get that back. Or whoever. Yeah. Oh, even if you're found guilty, yes. you get your bail back. Yeah. All that is is oh, trying to ensure yeah. that you show up for your court hearing. Yeah, I didn't know. That's that. why, I like, when they say you're you're remanded on your own, whatever it is, so like you're you're basically they're believing that you're going to show up, and usually most people that don't have like prior records or um, charges are lower are just or they're white. Yeah. Like, that's, that's really like a huge huge part of it like the race of the person the background of the person i mean that's the white collar versus blue collar versus it's a key thing in the death yeah. penalty it's like people who it's actually a lot of the statistics statistics that i, re- I was reading was the if the victim was white people were far less likely to get the death penalty the victim was white. Yeah. So if the person that they killed yeah. was white, then they're far less likely to get the death penalty because people see black people as lesser. So that's psychologically, you're exactly. saying. Exactly. Like the jury can see that's how they think. Huh. I mean, the, a... we're seeing this right now with the yeah. response to the June 6th insurrection, mm. how those people are being treated versus Black Lives Matter yeah. protesters. There was a man who, so there was a cop who, they stole, they they uh, knocked him unconscious, they tased him, he had a heart attack, a man stole his badge, I wish I remembered what state this was, stole his badge, 
buried it in his own backyard, like went back to where he lives. I think it was like New England or something. Buried it in his own backyard. It was found. He went to a hearing to find out like when his trial would be. The judge let him off. The judge said, go home, we'll call you when your trial is, even though he committed a violent crime against a police officer. And someone from the district court in Washington, D.C., the judge said, absolutely not, he needs to come back in, and we need to hold him. The, so, But this is happening over and over and over again with these I June just, 6 people. I, like, it's I have consistent. a bad, bad <laughs> pro- I have a problem with that whole June 6th, January 6th thing. Sorry, yeah, January I, 6th. Was it January 6th? Yeah, January 6th. Right? Oh, you were saying June. I said June like a no, million times. January. January. <laughs> January. Yeah, but yeah, like, January I don't, 6th. I don't know. Obviously, I'm no, conspiracy-minded, as Sadie's would know. So I are, they, are they crisis actors? Uh, no, I don't think they're crisis actors. I think they just let them in. Oh, but I, there was, even if they did. What, what's Washington, D.C. look like right now? Probably crawling with cops. Fences and all fences around. and barbed wire everywhere. Yeah, but who's the president now? I understand what you're saying, but you knew, they knew what was coming weeks before this. Mm, like, but like, yeah, yeah. So why but, weren't, this is one of the most important days, right? Of the, Because Donald Trump told them to go there. No, 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 no. I'm saying why was there more Because Donald cops? Trump knew they were coming and didn't want cops to be there. They asked, the National Guard asked if they could staff that day, and Donald Trump told them no. I think there's a little more to that. Go ahead. I'm fascinated. I mean, I don't even think the politicians were there. They were there. They were absolutely in, they were live. There's video. They were live videoing. You can watch the moment you that can watch they the broke in. See this green screen? I can put anything I want on the screen. No, screen. absolutely not. Absolutely. Do not put this Absolutely <laughs> I can do not. it. Absolutely not. I mean... You think, you think that Congress people... <laughs> absolutely. I, I, I don't... What? These people are... Ty- Congress people! Are, ty- are tyrannical... In their in every being, not just one side or what the other. What about the police that were killed? Well, you, you know, don't think that they again, were actually killed. Once again, that's a there's little. There's video of it. Well, you know, well, I think we should skip this subject because. Uh, oh my god. Because it's, it's it's you know we should probably. It is related, you know, however, what, what to what, is what is we were opinion, saying. What is your uh, view on the death penalty? <laughs> The way it does <laughs> What's your view on green screens? Can we start there? A green screen. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the death penalty, you know, I just figure, you know, if they just get rid of all of them, then you know, we'll have a. No, I'm just playing. What? <laughs> all of them. Sorry. Say he's um, about to choke you. I'm very... No, I was just like, where is this going? <laughs> <laughs> Who is the all? Yeah, exactly. But, um, no, I mean, in reality, um, I, like like you, Rob, I'm, I'm very, uh, I guess you could call me anti-authoritarian, and I don't, I'll never understand how a person believes they have the right to take someone else's life mm-hmm. um, in an official capacity. Yeah, it is um, like, why do we um, trust the government to kill someone? I just don't understand 
what it communicates like to the to the greater uh, population. Like if you, if if everybody thought along those lines, like hey, um, if someone does something that is so horrible, uh, they should be killed. Because that's kind of what's being communicated. Mm-hmm. It's like a person can do something where they're beyond recourse. Yeah. They, that they no longer have the ability to uh, um, better themselves and uh, rehabilitate themselves past what... And I understand that that's really like... For somebody who's had uh, someone maybe murdered or possibly raped or something like that, like I can understand where they might feel like, yeah, you should kill him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just because... Um, that emotional response exists doesn't necessarily mean that that's an adult way of going about it. You know, it's I'm it's I'll never understand how uh, how that goes down. Like I just don't get it. Yeah, and I think like in res- in the same way you're talking about like the, your emotional response, it's like I try to have sympathy for these people. And these people are doing awful things. I mean, the ones who are who have actually done it yeah. are doing awful things. And they're murdering and they're raping and they're it's just terrible. But what have they psychologically gone through in their childhood and their traumas that has then create or put them in this position? Like think about people who are in awful parts of the country who are forced to go into gangs to survive and they kill someone because that's part of your initiation or whatever it is and now you are on the on death row because of something you were forced to do in these awful situations. So now do we hold people account that let's say what you're kind of going along with and the, the people that maybe had control over, let's say somebody in their childhood was, you know, had this rotten childhood and there's somebody responsible for that person's now that's on death row that killed somebody because of whatever. So I know health instead of criminal justice. Yeah. Like, yeah I mean, you like intervene before it can get to that point. And like, you that's think of like working a for. person who maybe it was a parent who did something awful to the child, the child grows up right. and kills somebody else. That parent also may have gone through right. something, maybe maybe an addict and is, you know, not conscious during their childhood or something that their parent did to them. I don't think it's okay to hold people responsible for for That's mental generally. health. Yeah. And I think the answer to it, which is much easier said than done, is prevention instead of reaction which is preventing things from happening by supporting people in their mental health goals and and supporting people in in being able to grow and change and i read a statistic about texas they're they're financially 46th out of 50th funding their mental health services so barely fund them and they pay 3.2.3 million dollars per trial to put someone on death row that money could easily support hundreds of people. And Texas is one of the places that has the most people on death row. It's so sad where you see this money going into the reaction when I don't know how, to, how you figure out that balance to pull it back because we're so deep in the reaction. But to figure out a system where we can really pull that back 
which I think would start in banning the death penalty, spending less money on putting people on death row, pulling that money back and putting it into mental health services. So something that I was reading when I was doing research for this was you have to, the first question you have to ask for this is, are you looking for justice or are you looking for retribution? Hmm. Like, which thing are we trying to do? Like, justice is they're in prison for the rest of their life. Retribution is a murderer gets murdered. Hmm. Like, which of those two things are we, like, as a country working toward? And I would say justice is the better answer. Is the goal. Is the goal, yeah. (laughs) Well, it's the goal. Some people wouldn't think it's the goal. Lots of people wouldn't think it's the goal. The other thing um, is that offenders of violent crime, the recidivism, the the likelihood of them going back to jail is, like, 20% lower than people who commit nonviolent crimes. A lot of times it's like you said, it's an age thing. It's a young person committing a crime for whatever reason, and then by the time they are older, they realize, like, I'm never going to do that again. Um, That's that's murder, that's assault, that's sexual assault, that's everything. Mm -hmm. A lot of times those are younger perpetrators, and they simply, like, grow out of it. Um, Were you going to say something, Will? Um... What I was going to say was... um, We threw a lot of facts out there for a second. (laughs) I'm glad because I'm being educated and that's that's cool. Yeah, I learned a ton today. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. You guys guys have uh, have some very... uh, Yeah. Sometimes statistics are kind of staggering. Like, you'll hear Mm -hmm. them and be like, wow. Like, put it in perspective. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, the thing I was going to say was... um, When you were saying that... uh, about justice and retribution. Mm. Um, I think part of the problem in this country with the concept of justice is its inception and how it began because it kind of set a course to sort of normalize uh, a lack of justice. So I don't necessarily, you know, and I think ideally... It would be it, it would be great, but uh, it's one of those things about this place that you know if you if, if you're not paying attention to the fact that uh, this was created with free labor and uh, mm-hmm. created um, at the genocide of, of people before mm-hmm. it, that lets you understand the mind of the people who who started, and I don't necessarily think that that can ever really be gotten away from. Because when I see stuff like the state of prisons, I can't help but to think, like, I don't really know anything about this, but people who are very informed about this see this and let it continue. So it's like, is it that the people who can change things simply don't want to? Because that's kind of how it seems sometimes. Because it's like... Mm -hmm. Do these people really have, do you really have to do this to a human being? What what kind of psychological damage are you doing to people being in these situations? I mean, it's like lawmakers and their populace, though. Like, that's why Texas is, you know, Texas, you're shoot to kill and if somebody comes on your property and, you know, you, you carry a gun to the grocery store because you don't know what happened is going to happen there and you need to protect yourself, you need to protect your family, like... Guns are, like, a way of life in Texas that they aren't in, like, 
you know, like Massachusetts or something. Like, they're just, it's state by state. But, like, Kamala Harris is a good example. She got a lot of flack for, like, kind of promoting the prison system and, mm-hmm. and putting people behind bars and being, like, really proud of that. Um, even though it, like, you know... Ruined look, people's lives. Ruined people's lives. And, like, now we, like, look at it as, like, left-leaning and, like, eh, it's not so good. But at the time, that was her being tough on crime and people liked her for it. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's if some, you're trying to get elected, you're really just, like, doing what your people want, and, like, it's, that's why politics is so sketchy, because what you think is right, and what your people think is going to get you elected are not always the same thing. And at some point, it's, like, I think about this a lot with, like, cancel culture, like, online, oh, this person's tweets from 10 years ago is coming up, and they suck, and it's, like, to a certain extent, for sure. Like, some things that people say are just awful. But also, their fans and supporters at that time were cheering them on to say those things. And were laughing at them, at those, these comedians, and laughing at all these things. So it's not just these people that are, oh, we should cancel them now. We also need to hold ourselves accountable, because I know I was laughing at things 10 years ago that I would not laugh at now, and that are not okay. And it's just this, we need to be this understanding that there needs to be growth and we need to have compassion while also holding people accountable and bringing them in and supporting them in that growth instead of pushing them out and not allowing any growth. I see that. Um, I think with me, I, uh, because I, you know, I pay attention to, I guess, cancel culture because I've seen that... um, it's possible for that to be sort of co-opted to sort of push people's agendas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look at the kinds of things that that have happened on like YouTube, and mm-hmm. they've massively um, censored people, kicked people out. Mm-hmm. Um, they've censored doctors, um, and I can't help but to think that. This, this is only happening because the people say that that's okay. They're like, well, mm-hmm. those people, they, uh, we, it's, it's very easy to get a, a, a sound bite from a person and say, mm-hmm. this person is this, 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 and this, uh, whatever that means undesirable. This is mm-hmm. a person who, who should not have a platform. Mm-hmm. But um, I know that I've held many thoughts in the course of my life that have been alternative thoughts. You know, I, I work um, at a medical marijuana facility. And, uh, you know, a lot of people there, they don't really, you know, I've talked to him about it, they don't really care about the fact that certain people have been kicked off of YouTube and things like that. And I say, well, here we are working in something that, first of all, we never shut down. So we were... We were federally illegal and essential mm-hmm. at the same time, which is mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. Um, and people are in prison right now for what people, you're selling. <laughs> I do things is- every day that people have been tossed in cages for. It. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll see that. And then, you know, a lot of people, you know, they'll be like, well, yeah, the c- certain ideas are too dangerous. And I say, well... Here we are working in a place that, for the better part of a century, there was a propaganda, uh, 
uh, sort of uh, program happening to try to tell people that this was horrible and that if you smoked weed, you were going to lose your mind. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like alternative thoughts have their, uh, you know, we need alternative ways of thinking about things because... I mean, at one point in time, uh, it, somebody was thinking, oh, well, um, it was a popular thought, like, black people are less, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that was a popular thought. And mm-hmm. then an alternative thought came, and they were like, hey, wait, no, like, they're human. Mm-hmm. And then somebody, but the establishment was like, no, no, but this is how we do things, and that's who they are. Mm-hmm. So we always need, I think, in order to have a healthy, growing society, we need to be able to voice our opinions and be wrong mm-hmm. you know? yeah. Um, yeah that's the end of my rant <laughs> I agree with you I just don't know if we've ever seen anything to this capacity you'd like we, we haven't had so many platforms exactly because of social media um, and I think it, it just it, it's like when you think about a rumor getting spread but it's all by voice and it's like you know, down the train, and it ends up being something totally different than what it started, but now that's on social media, getting shared by hundreds and thousands of people, and I I struggle to understand that, because it just gets blown out of proportion. I think the big so question quickly. is, is this being presented as fact, or is this being presented as opinion? Mm. And I think that that's, like, the big divide. So if someone goes on YouTube, and they rant because they think... You know, there's chemicals in the water that are making people, like, lose their minds. That's the rant of someone who thinks that based on no scientific evidence. But if there's a doctor going on YouTube and saying, I tested the water and Mm -hmm. there's a chemical in it that's making us crazy, and that he's lying, that's a huge difference in, like, how that's perceived and, and how that gets broadcast. But the other thing is just free speech applies to not private platforms so like yeah, that's true yeah like like youtube i'm not sure specifically who you're talking about but they get to throw off whoever they want they i mean their terms and conditions are bullshit like they're misogynistic yeah. they're they're like they definitely play to whatever caters to their needs at the time whatever mm-hmm. people make the biggest fuss and they whatever but like it's their prerogative. Your choice is to do that or not use YouTube. Like, that's yeah. the, and that's real. That's that's definitely real. But I think something that's definitely happened is is like I find it with myself. I've had a huge problem with how they've handled it, and then I've watched another part of myself um, that seems more programmed or something. Like mm. it's like go to YouTube, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, well, why? I don't really like them, and it's like. <laughs> Well, because that's just what people do. You know what I mean? And then it's like, hmm, like, what is this? Uh, But, yeah, I definitely see where, yeah, they can throw off whoever they like. But it seems like when things are uh, inconsistent, Mm -hmm. when they're like, oh, well, we threw this guy off because, well, that's clearly hate speech. And then Hmm. I go look up some people who are saying some real hateful shit, Mm -hmm. too. And I'm like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. What is the difference? Mm -hmm. Are you trying to say that certain people's hate speech is okay and other people's hate speech isn't okay? Is that really what it is? And that's bringing it back to the death penalty. Because now this person is getting killed. Or this person is, is killing somebody. And people say it's okay for that person then to be killed because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Who gets to determine what's hate speech and what isn't or well, but I mean, <laughs> it's it's just motives in general, 
right? Like, so that's what defines hate speech, as if you're doing it to attack specifically other people. How are people being treated when they're one color versus another? For instance, the kid who just shot eight people because they he was he had a vendetta against Asian women, and he, he had a bad day, right? <laughs> that's the narrative behind this kid who, who targeted a race and gender of people because he had a bad day. Right? Like, that's the, the story that's going out. And it's just, it's, it's internalized everything. It's, it's just these unquestioned, like, tenets of society that, like, we've basically just, we're, it, not just now, but, like, with all these media platforms, more people are speaking out. Like, the sheriff in that case, are you looking up his name? No. Oh. That guy. I saw the video, though. <laughs> um, but the sheriff in that case, you know, said he was having a bad day or whatever. And so immediately, <laughs> there's lots of people who are just like, That's this crazy. is crazy. Like, you guys realize that you can't say that this kid had a bad day. Like, whatever. Whereas we wouldn't have had all those platforms before. And that would have just kind of happened. And you said it was internal, too. And I just took a test. It's uh, That's what I was looking up. Implicit mm-hmm. association test. And it's basically, like, it's an online thing that you can take where you... There's two different things, and I took the male versus female because it's something, like, feminism has been something that I've worked on my whole life. And so I've... I took the test of, like, what do you assume is male and what do you assume is female? And it's so... These things, like, race and gender, Mm -hmm. is so ingrained in us that it was automatic for that that police officer to say he was having a bad day because and, and I don't know if it was an Asian man or a black man that he would have said the same thing or a woman like I just don't know mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean, but that's the thing about it there while that makes a hundred percent sense there's somebody on the other end who uh, finds themselves aligned with uh, in a way where they're like they feel like they have to take up for this kid or something because maybe they don't like him. And then they'll say something like, well, yeah, he obviously had a bad day. Yeah. You know, they'll say that. And that's, it's purely perceptual. I guess that's the point that I'm trying to make. It's part of a pattern though. Like that's the thing. That's why people are pointing it out. I think more because it's, it's like very evident. I mean, cause the very same thing happened with uh, the shooter who drove to, I wish I remembered names and states, but he drove to another state where the Black Lives Matter protest and he walked right house, up. Right in house. Yeah. Yeah. He walked up with an AR-15 or whatever and he, the police literally shot, saw him. It happened. He got back in his mom's car and went back to where he lived. Like, it, it happens so much that, like... We're not just, people aren't just like, well, this is how you're treating a white kid. It's just like, here are the 50 examples. Like, yeah. we're showing that this isn't just isolated incidents. It's just like, this is definitely how this is treated. This is definitely how this is treated. And again, the January 6th, you know, how do people talk about that who are on, like, how does, like, a Fox News address that versus yeah. the Black Lives Matter protests? Yeah. And whatever. So... It's just, it's like, it's not like, well, it seems racist. It's like, no, based on all of this fact and evidence that we've gathered over hundreds of years of racism, this is what racism looks like now. I mean, how do you have bricks show up in the middle of nowhere? What are you talking about? In uh, Minnesota, where uh, it was Joe Floyd. The night night that happened, all of a sudden there was bricks put out in the middle, um, in every street corner. 
People are nowhere. angry in the same. No, no, I'm saying. You're, he's saying bricks are planted what, there. No, I know, and I'm saying intentionally are, for people to. And that's what I'm saying. And people yeah. are angry. They're gonna. And I, I yeah. see. I, I believe that. that they're planted to yes, start to start trouble. And yeah. uh, the same in that same night, the one of the cops from the police station was caught breaking windows. Mm-hmm. Because think about how when it comes to Black Lives Matter, how easy is it to portray a certain group if you if you want to mm-hmm. very easily so easy to make them look like they're doing something they didn't. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. No. If you're if you're KKK guy or whatever, whoever you want to say, see very easily because there's a lot of people that are also supporting that mm-hmm. movement of mm-hmm. all colors and races. Yeah. So you just show up and you're you know a member of the KKK and start throwing shit. Nobody knows you. Yeah. You and know, I, and I, it's so so easy to do that. And I yeah. think that I think we lose. I think a lot of people see the news, and part of the problem, in my opinion, is the news because they portray it in the way they want to portray it on both sides, mm-hmm. one or the other. And I think that you know that makes it it's just like puts gasoline on the fire. Yeah. And I, I think that's just like a good reminder. What you said was a good reminder for myself to remember that I, I saw those videos too of like bricks being randomly appearing. But I also need to remember that can also happen for the side that is all lives matter yeah. and things Call like that. Like it's hard January sometimes. Six books, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like sometimes it's hard for me to, as it is for people who are, who are part of the all lives matter movement they wouldn't see that and think like oh maybe i should have some compassion you know for for these people who are seeing bricks planted as i kind of feel the same way but it's just like a good reminder it, to try to stay hard. neutral it, and remember the facts without your own biases yeah that's hard i think um I, me i don't really have a political affiliation anymore and it's like i kind of see both sides i have you know, people I, who I love from both sides of the political divide. And it's uh, the one thing that I think I've, the one conversation that I feel like I've been able to have with both sides is we can't afford to dehumanize the other side and mm. not have compassion for them as people simply because of ideological mm-hmm. reasons. Mm. You know, we have, uh, you know, I was at uh, Christmas and my, my cousin, you know, he was he was on a. First of all, we were talking about something completely different. Right? <laughs> we were talking about we were talking about something religious, and then he came in like he came like wandering in, and he and I could tell, and he he kind of he started in on well the Trump people and this and that, and I was like we weren't even talking about this, but obviously this is what you want to talk about. <laughs> so he started talking about it, and he's like, well, he's like these people, he's like that. They can't, there can't be any good people who support Donald Trump. And I was like, I know plenty of good people who supported Donald Trump. I know them. Like, they're very nice people. Like, they they care for special needs children. You know, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Yep, you know what I mean? 100%. Like, you know, like, I, I, and I'm, so, it's almost kind of like, if you have an ideology that goes against what it is that you think, that somehow it's like, well, you can't, I can't rationalize why you would think that. So, it's easier for me to say, well, there must be something wrong with you. But it's just so hard. I I agree. Like, I again, I'm learning. I'm really trying to have compassion I'll, I'll, to every side. What I hate right now is that we're at a point of division of people where one side will say, I will not talk to the other person just because of 
but, but it's not just a bumper because sticker. It's not just because. I understand, it but, you, is but like, you, it's not you in particular, but if there's one person, they see a bumper sticker Donald Trump on their car. They don't have no, no, they don't never talk to this person. There's people out there be like, I'm not talking to that person. I, I'm, I'm not talking to him because of that bumper sticker. But it is like to what me, the, what that's Donald insane. Trump represents. represents, which is racism and sexism. I understand, and that. that's where I really. It's so hard for me to see. I'm not disagreeing with you. Because that is just... But I also don't think you're that person who would say, I'm not talking to that person. I'm not you saying love she to had, have a discussion I'm not saying person. her in particular. No, no, no. I know. I'm saying yeah. there's no, no, people no, that know, are I like know, that. Yeah. And I think that's part of like, when we're talking about racism, we have to have conversations, yeah. right? To to further the, the talk and further but relations. But so here's the... But here's, I mean, it has to be done. counter to that argument. You put the policies side by side, whose policies are dehumanizing? Whose yeah. policies are saying trans people aren't people? Yeah. Immigrants aren't people? Uh, uh, kids don't need better educations because they're not really people. Women um, should get paid less. But women should get paid less. There is no there's no pay discrepancy. So, Can like, you tell our affiliation? Yeah. <laughs> but, so, but like that's why. Like, that's how I've come I understand to what you're saying, recognize but, it. You know, Obama, the first four years of his term, deported more immigrants than Donald Trump. I did hear that. Yes. And I, I was not. And I, don't I know what you're saying. That either. But I, 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 I feel like when we look at. Yeah. We, we, but like already Biden's done things where I've just been like, what oh, are God. you doing? Right. And like, you know, I have no like, problem criticizing him. It's like the cages at the border. I mean, those are still happening, and that's really fucked up. It's and worse now, and part of it, it's hard to determine because obviously Biden just got in. So right. he, it's kind of hard to hold him accountable all watched, of a sudden. Yeah, and you I just I mean? watched a documentary where kids, where parents were saying it's safer now to go to America because when Biden when got Biden. So became president. There's a rush to, to so the border. So more people are coming that. in. But that's not validating but what's happening. But the, the cages no, were exactly. started. They should you know, still not like, be in cages. I feel like... When we, it, it's more than just putting policy to policy because, mm -hmm. like, the actions... How many times polish, pol politicians say something? And Right, but, like... But, but, oh, <laughs> uh, mm, I don't know. Zero Republicans <laughs> voted for the... For the uh, stimulus, zero Republicans voted for the COVID. The COVID, even though seventy-five percent of but the U.S. zero Republicans, every Republican and every Democrat report uh, supported the CARES Act. You know how much money went to Wall Street in the CARES Act? Four yeah, and the CARES half Act was bullshit too. But every Republican, every Democrat report. Republicans are saying you as my constituent are not worth I me saying. I, I understand <laughs> they're what you're not saying. Worth the vote, like it's just like on paper. Like how could you, as a person who suffered from job loss because of COVID, who fourteen hundred dollars would make fourteen hundred dollars down from two thousand, but fourteen hundred dollars makes a big difference to a lot of people. Absolutely. So many people in poverty. So many people Absolutely. lower middle class. Fourteen hundred dollars for a family. Uh, this child tax credit is huge for people. Like three hundred dollars a month is a ton for certain people. And, it, and the reality, and not a single Republican voted for it. Like, how could you, as a person, vote for that person again? You're talking about people that make a hundred and seventy. No, no, no. I'm saying yeah. the people who vote for those people. Well, you, right. I understand what you're I mean, saying. the Republicans are doing it so that they can do this yeah. and just be like, look at us, we're Republicans. But, like, they did whatever. But, you have but like, a, how can you vote for those people? But here's my problem. And I, my view is, I think they're all corrupt. 
And I, I have no, I can't stand any of them. As far as I'm concerned, you can light a match in Washington, D.C. and burn them to the crisp. I, oh, wow. So you're pro death penalty. Pro death penalty. <laughs> when it comes to politicians. <laughs> 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 wow. Okay. Okay. And maybe that's a little extreme. Yeah. But, like, I see, so Rain is watching AOC on live. And she's like, her shirt says something about tax the rich. But mm-hmm. yet, she voted for the CARES Act. That literally gave no, the rich she didn't. every single every single Democrat. Was she in office? Yes, absolutely. The CARES she Act. Yeah. She's only been this was in on, office for two years. She. This was yeah. in the beginning of COVID. The, the CARES Act yeah. is the CARES first COVID was bill. the one before oh, the last okay. one. Was the stimulus before the last one? Oh, yeah. But so that's how. It, but that's how it happened. You have to vote for the evil things in order to get money to. It's the compromise, and it also was preventing a government shutdown. Yeah, that bill. It was about a. I think like twelve or fourteen hours away from a government yeah. shutdown, which yeah, would have yeah. put Sorry, librarians early, out yeah. of out of their jobs, like sim- post office, lots of people who don't get back pay. Then, when you start yeah. compromise, like there because has to see, like I look at do. it differently. There has to there's gonna if you want things to change, there has to be pain. Whether there's gonna be like. But who actually like is willing to do that? The right. Democrats did that because it helped their people. So they said, we'll vote for this if we have to. Meanwhile, the Republicans knew. They knew that this was going to go through, regardless of if zero of them voted for it. They knew that that was 51 to 50, regardless. And not a single one of them said, it's worth me voting for my constituents' benefits, voting in their favor for their sake, that it's worth it for me to put in my vote for this. Not a single one of them. I just feel like... I feel like it's kind of easy for them to say things and then vote differently. Yeah, but then you get voted out in the next term. Yeah, but if 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 That's you how truly stick works. to your guns, I understand what you're saying. I just if you truly if you, it's like. Do we think? Do you think if Bernie had if Bernie had um, won the primary, gotten into office, became the president, Bernie's not going to do everything in his power to do what he says he's going to do? I don't but know. Bernie would like smack somebody. Like he Bernie would also do sat anything. there and let them basically run over him with a with a train. He should have been voted in. I think a hundred percent that he got this the vote got taken from him. He should yeah. have been the Democratic nominee. Right, but but he's not. But I'm just saying that there are people but, who. But so now he's not willing. But he's not saying. willing to stand up and say he is the he's the chairman of the budget. The House means. But I'm saying. What I'm saying is, like, when he went against Hillary Clinton, they stole the election from him, the Democratic nominee from him. When he was this last time, they stole Biden stole it from him. So now, if he's not even willing to get up on a podium and say they didn't steal it, I mean, the 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 DNC sucks and like they're evil. But but he also didn't win the vote. If he's not willing to call out their bullshit, no, he did. I mean, the emails got leaked. People got fired over it because they were plotting against him. Like that all happened, but that's not. It doesn't change the fact that fewer people voted for him. Like, they just did. I don't though. think this is going to get solved here. I told you Jessica's a firecracker. <laughs> and listen, they just, I completely... Fewer people voted I, I, for him. I understand what you're saying. And I think... But even but even Biden recognized that, like, okay, we're going to put him... We're going to put him in charge of, of money because people give a shit about what he has to say about it. 
Like, he's popular amongst a certain contingent of people. But there are a lot of crusty Democrats who think that Joe Biden's the man. Like, they love him. Like, I don't care about Joe Biden. I mean, like, he's a creep. Like, he is absolutely not the cool, the best candidate. He was not the one I would have chosen to vote for by any means. He's not who I voted for in the primary. Like, he's absolutely not. But he's what we have. That's the thing. It was a cult of Trump. People voted for Trump. They didn't vote for the Republican Party. Yeah, I get that. People voted for the Democratic Party. They're not necessarily voting for Biden. I, like, that's I the difference. And I, I, like I said, I don't... I'm coming from a place of, obviously, I don't really care for any of them. Yeah, and like, I get and that. at the I'm bottom like, line I'm... is, the money, the the money is what drives me crazy. Because you take that four and a half trillion, and let's say there's three sentences on that piece of paper: American people get four and a half trillion dollars. That's the only thing I think you need to vote on, because then <laughs> but that's, you have that's to not how it works. Works. I understand that, but <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to say. Stuff. They roll in all the other stuff because they got to get paid. They all no, not paid. because they have to get paid. How many Democrats voted against this effing the fifteen dollar minimum wage? Like hate, four. Well, of you can them. hate Donald Trump a lot, but what Don, there was a lot of truth when Donald Trump came out and said that in that one sti- in the stimulus bill that everybody got six hundred. I think that was the second one. He's like, okay, why are we giving? Mm-hmm. Hor- why are we giving people money to buy horses in Sri Lanka? Why are we? Why are we? Six hundred dollars. Yeah, that was the Do one. Do you know how much horses in Sri Lanka cost? No, 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 no. Jessica. That's not no, what no, I'm but I'm saying the tax cuts that he did love for the rich people is what buys horses in Sri Lanka, not $600 no, that goes into no, your no. bank account. That's true. That's not what I'm saying. That's the one where we got 600 Yeah. I, he didn't give them 600 He gave them millions. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But like they're so doing, why is he giving them money to buy horses and trees? He's not. We are. He's saying why are why the bill? Are, why are the Republicans doing that? Why is the bill doing that? Because like, the Republicans were in power. There was absolutely no way for Democrats to win it. So the only way for them to win it was to vote for the things that did benefit the people. The tax cuts were in there so that those crusty Republicans can get voted in again the next time, so that they can keep getting paid money from private companies who are funding them to keep voting for the things that benefit them. Like, that's how it works. Even Democrats do that, too. But, like, in that specific case, it was just, like, the country, (laughs) we had a pandemic. Like, there was a lot going on. And all that certain people saw was, like, we need to not shut down the government. We need to keep people in their jobs if we can. We need to get money to people. We need to make sure that small businesses don't all shut down. Like, all of these things. But also all of their followers, for the most part, are the ones who think COVID exists. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas Republicans really, really to a certain extent, are following their constituents because a lot of them don't, or not maybe not a lot of them, I don't know the percentage, but some of them don't think it exists. Well, but they're still, even if they don't think it exists, they're still feeling the effects I of it. I think people think it exists. I think it's... Uh, well, there are lots of people who don't think it exists. I, That's huge amounts of people. I think, well, okay. But there's but also... I think there's people who think it exists... But it's like more of like not a cold as bad. Thing. There are lots of people who don't think it exists at all, though. Well, they've I, never. Met I know. I know. I haven't met anybody recently. I know and so I always, many people who really don't fully. that don't think it exists. I, you know. I yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, but that's easy. I mean, I, 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 I can see how you know. It, it's one of those things where it's like, I listen to a lot of people on that side like I'll listen to a lot of people's uh, perception of like the virus and things from that side and there is the extreme of 
no, this doesn't exist. But then when you start to come back a little bit more to a place of, uh, you know, like a median place, you you do find, like, there are... That I feel like something that maybe happened was is that in the politis in the like the political aspects of what happened made people say okay, COVID was a great thing to divide people. It was mm-hmm. a good you know you have this one group of people who are like well this is like the end of the world and then you have this other group of people who are like well we can get through it and these people stop talking to each other and then. It's been really weird to watch because it's like I, I, I do a lot of uh, listening to people talk about doctors talk about alternative therapies and things like that. And the sad part about all of this is that because of the the political uh, element here, people who are on the other side completely ignored people on the other on on like let's say the right. Because they're like, well, you guys are a bunch of crazy people. I mean, you you got to be crazy. You vote for Donald Trump, and it's, and it's like, well, that doesn't mean that they're like devoid of value. That doesn't mean that they don't have uh, something to bring to to the conversation. You know, when I when I'm listening to people talk about how you know I'm listening to doctors talk about how they, you know, in a trial like fifteen hundred people, they their therapy they lost two people. When I'm hearing things like that, I'm saying, first of all, why isn't this on the news second of all why is it that you know is it just because this person seems to be saying certain things um it, it, and a person can say well that, that they're political they're politically aligned with this other side so is, then you lose respect for them being doctors like i mean like to pull a doctor off of youtube or something just because he said something that seemed to be in line with uh, uh republican values like that's uh, I don't know if that's a healthy place to be at as a society because you can see us going like this. Well, it's like partly who funds it, though. The reason that all of these, the current vaccines are are happening are not because it's Bob in his garage making a vaccine. It's because it's AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, Moderna. Like, these are companies that do it. Their trials are, you know, monitored by the government. Like, if a, if a 1,500 is a tiny sample size when you're doing, like, a medical trial. They sampled 15,000 yeah. for each of the, I each know of the actual people. vaccines. Mm-hmm. Like, 1,500 is basically zero. But, like, also, it's just regulations like but it's it's money big pharma has money to do 15,000 instead of 1500 whereas this guy in his you know lab in his doctor's office doesn't and it's just like we have to we have to trust the people who are able to do the big thing whether that's the way it should be or not like we're in a time crunch this isn't like a thing where it's like well if we wait two years maybe this guy will have it figured out like we want this in people but, now. You're, but we're supposed to see here. So, like, take Johnson and Johnson for example. So they're supposed to come out with a vaccine. They've paid I don't know how many billions of dollars in in court fees and stuff because things like baby powder they let um I can't think of what it is. That, now. that was um the, uh, that was like asbestos. Yeah, asbestos. They let they put but asbestos. asbestos was in, on food at the time too like you can't really that's the same thing almost as cancel culture there's no education at that time to not use asbestos in these things 
I mean, but Johnson & Johnson has either paid their dues and we've figured it out and we've moved on because there are Johnson & Johnson, I mean, prescription drugs. There are a million Johnson & Johnson prescription drugs, but you don't know when you go to the pharmacist that he's giving you a Johnson & Johnson drug because you're not asking. Um, but, like, like you can't hold... The, the talcum powder division is not the same as the pharmaceutical division. Like, they're just not the no, same. No, but the company collecting the money is the same. Yeah, I mean, it's all corrupt. And they're they're and, all terrible. And, and their motivation is the same. Because at the end of the day, like, just a re- if you take uh, the flu vaccine, like, the flu vaccine is worth, like, uh, every vaccine on the the card or whatever they give kids is worth, like, $38 billion a year yeah. in revenue. Yeah. So when I hear but that's, num- that's because the government lets it happen. Absolutely. Because we could just take them all over and say you're one big drug company, you're the U.S. drug company, and you're going to charge people $5 for drugs instead of $6,000 for drugs. But we haven't done it yet because we're capitalists, and capitalism is good. It's just the, like, it's just not good. The capitalism one- in its truest form is good. What we have now is not capitalism. Uh, yeah. The- so, yeah. Everything's money. The one thing I was thinking is, for, for it, you know, because I came across that, you know, uh, uh, the different lawsuits against, because there's like a lot of different lawsuits against Johnson and Johnson as well as the other pharmaceutical uh, companies. Yeah, sure and it's, all of them. and it's, my quite like it's funny. The other day we had a walkthrough uh, by a guy uh, by our new CEO um, at work, and he used to be at Pfizer. No, you know, I saw him and I was thinking about it. You know, it's like if if this wasn't incorporated, right? How many of these people would be like felons? Like, how many of these people, like this guy? You know, he can walk around freely and all. But the truth of the matter is, is that you engaged in what some people might call a criminal enterprise that was found guilty in the eyes of the law, and it was. It was just interesting as I was just thinking about it. I was like, uh, well, for, you know, uh, Pookie on the block, you know, he's 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 a drug dealer. You know, he's the drug dealer. It's him. And it's like, well, these people, you know, were complicit in the opioid crisis. So yeah. what? Wh- they do you know, sometimes convict individual there people. There are some, yeah. Like Screlly is in prison the for yeah, yeah. Yeah. The poor sucker that gets... <laughs> They're, they're, right. They do, but, the them, but it's like, uh, it's interesting. But like, what yeah. alternative do we have? Like, we have AstraZeneca because we need AstraZeneca because we need to keep moving forward, and the for-profit system is what we have. Like, we didn't even have the CDC the last four years or the last year or whatever before Biden came back. Like, the system we had to make sure that things were being regulated by the government was being like slowly dismantled like yeah but i mean vaccinations have been around a long time but vaccinations too so like yeah they're gonna get sued like if you have if yeah but you you know what you hear vaccine you know what vaccination court is no so vaccination court is we cannot if you if something happens to us for any vaccination we cannot go and sue any company any firm yeah, because you sign off on it right no there's a vaccination court that you go to which is paid out if you if you are if you are if they if they rule in your favor as a, the plaintiff, mm-hmm. it's we all of us pay us taxpayers pay that. There's they cannot sue Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson. That there was a law passed where they they can't sue. It's been that way since like so 1986. Now, yeah, 
So now they basically say, this is what you said to these companies. Oh, but, because they're because they're working on the behalf yeah, of the U.S. But that's been, government that's to been make since, the vaccine. What did you say? 1986. 1986. So this is not something new, like now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now all these companies making vaccinations, they basically say, hey, make as much money as you want and there's no repercussions. Oh, yeah. But, like, we're not paying for the COVID vaccine. I mean, we are, like, in taxes and stuff. We pay stuff. for the research. Yeah, but we're, but, like, I can, you can go get the COVID vaccine and you're not paying anybody money to, well, I understand to get that. it. But if I paid for the research for it, I think I'd probably get it for free. Well, yeah, but that's every <laughs> vaccine. I mean, that's every vaccine and you still don't get it for free. I mean... There's there part of doctor's a, office a free costs. vaccine. There's not enough uh, humanity in it for it to be free. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. Obviously, you pay for it, like in your in taxes and just whatever. But it's like it's also just a need. Like, is the alternative we don't have a vaccine? Because sure, I will pay for a vaccine. Like, I will pay so that everybody gets vaccinated and we can go there back is to normal. S- there is some studies in Europe for vitamin D. That vitamin D, taking vitamin D every day, which, as you told me before, oh, vitamins, yeah, you should take them. No, you shouldn't take them. You should eat them because your body, it's much harder well, to absorb okay. through, unless, unless you, you take food. chocolate. That's true. Unless you take chocolate. But that, we are, we've argued about this before. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, we had yeah, a strong maybe, conversation. Maybe I vitamin D, but I could also go get the COVID vaccine. <laughs> no, but I'm going to yeah. I'm, I'm not going to. I've already it. gotten it. I'm fully uh, vaccinated. I'm great. I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, um, it, and it's cool. If whoever wants to get it, I'm. I, I, yeah. I have no problem with you guys it, of anybody getting it, but I'm not doing it. Why? I'm not just. I don't trust it, and I'm not being a guinea pig. And I've seen enough statistics, and I've seen. Are you vaccinated? Another no. You weren't vaccinated as a baby. Oh yeah, I was. Yeah, oh. <laughs> like this was, is how it but works. But we got to start now, point where I'm we don't vaccinate and uh, uh, have a great deal of allergies. And my entire life, I was kind of trying to figure out what that might be attributed to. Not to say that there aren't other environmental aspects to it, but... I mean, literally, trees were planted because they're prettier, but the trees that planted because they're prettier and produce less sap are the ones that cause more allergies, and that's why allergies are so bad in Pennsylvania and Maryland. Yeah, they are are (laughs) pretty bad. Like, we know know why these things are, like... I I think what I'm trying to say is is that... um, I think for so long, people have, you know, because we've, we've become people who write people off. We, we assassinate people's characters. We, we, you know, they say, I'm not going to listen to anything that person says because they're like, uh, what's the one? What's an uh, anti-vaxxer? Let's right. say that. That, that, that. There's a hot button word. We'll say, <laughs> well, he's, he's an anti-vaxxer. So when we throw labels on people, it's clear that really what you're trying to do is you're trying to end a discussion. You, we don't have to consider zero that comes out of your mouth because you are a particular thing. And me, personally, when I was, uh, uh, you know, I have two children. Uh, when my wife was, you know, we were about to have my, first, my, my daughter my wife came to me she said there's things that you should probably take a look at and there's and I really started to look at uh, um, you know people who spoke out about uh, vaccine injury and things of that nature and I don't know I I, I think a person has their right to their medical uh, freedom 
so to speak. So if a person wants to do whatever they want with their body, if you want to be injected with things that um, you don't necessarily maybe know what, what it is. That's, but we that's, do know what it is. It's not secret. You could look it up. And you that's can talk true. to your doctor about that's it. That's very true. But at the same time, um, what, I don't, you know, I had no concept of the idea that there was things like a fo- uh, aborted fetal cells and things of that nature. I had no clue that those kinds of things were going to make their way into a person's body. So the, the reality of but it is... But that's because that's scientifically proven to be the best carrier to get it, to get the vaccine into you. Like, it's all science-based. It's not like someone was just like, you know, I have these aborted fetal cells lying around. I no. might just stick this in there. Like, I'm, like... Like, who, at what point do you trust that the expert is the expert? Like, do you just don't trust any expert? Is any expert in anything? But that's what... No, like, I just... No, 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 this is, no, like, a serious question. This is a real... That's a, and that's a good question. Because I don't understand. Because so, I have to trust that there are people... Like, I know, Rob, you work on cars. You know way more about cars than I do. You're the expert on cars. That's like, the truth. There's no chance that I'm just going to be like, I don't trust what you're saying but about that But I think it's easier. Belt. It is easier. So, in a long ago time, maybe, like, a hundred years ago, even. Yeah. Life was simpler. We didn't have all these intricate things. We didn't have people who worked on cars or we didn't have people who worked in the food safety level of the produce industry. We didn't have distributors of produce. Yeah. We didn't have all of these things. So it was so much easier to really understand your own world. Whereas now we're at a point in society where we need these specialty things. Mm -hmm. We need the chef and the dishwasher and the bartender and the the waiter and the the buyer. We need all these different intricate levels. And so now we have less knowledge of what's really going on around us, Mm -hmm. but we have a better picture of a general idea. And so we kind of just as a society or more as a person have to make a decision, are you going to trust your specialized person. I'm going to trust my dad over on cars over most people. Yeah. And that's a good, that's, that's a really good point. I, I, you know, because I think the thing that I, I've seen is, is, um, I've, I've watched people who were high level, uh, I, you know, I don't know what an expert is. I don't know what that means mm. because they'll be like, this guy, He's for it. So he's an expert. This guy says there's a problem. Mm-hmm. He's not an expert, yet has similar credentials and, a, you know, has mm-hmm. maybe won medical awards and things like that. But let's not listen to him because he's saying something that is going against the common narrative. I mean, but there are standards, you know, like there are standards where it's like a drug trial. It has to be this number of people over this amount of time. You know, like yes. th- those have been put into place. But I agree with you. I think like I was just thinking a doctor, an official doctor who got their doctorate and a doctor who is maybe just got their master's or going through the doctorate program. Like they're not officially a doctor yet, but I think I would trust their or at least hear them out. But you're talking more about thing. like alternative therapies, Not right? necessarily. I mean, no. I'm, I'm listening. I'm talking. You know, I've listened to doctors and epidemiologists and people and all that's really. You know, I, it's, I'm a regular person, so I don't but exactly. I think know when what it comes to Will, but is what's great about Will, Will is like he he doesn't care the sides. Like yeah. he's listening. Okay, what is I want to hear from both sides. And I want to hear, you know, and and it's it's about trying to find what the truth is as opposed to, okay, 
you know, we're pushing our agenda for this reason. And, and I think that's, you know, what I, listened he's, to, I listened to a doctor say just yesterday that he's been treating COVID patients with um, nebulizing hi- uh, hydrogen peroxide. Now, that sounds like, oh, it's like, oh, but he's. If he, but he said he hasn't lost any of his patients. So the, so the reality is, it's like, okay, is he lying? If he's lying, pull his license, get right. him out of there. Right. If if that's the case, is he is he like an emergency person? He's actually, I think he's really just a, uh, just a, a personal physician. Like I, I don't think that he's like. A, so the a, idea of him losing a person to COVID in general is not gonna happen. Like there, nobody who's on the verge of death is going to their family doctor without getting. That's a, and that's a good point. That's they're they're not. You know, you're not going to to the doctor at the family medicine when you're dying of COVID. That's like, true. If he's losing someone from COVID, something happened. But the, I did listen to another guy who was in ER. Um, he, he was in the ER, and he he said people were coming in, and he said, you know, they were saying, hey, I can't, I'm having trouble breathing. And he said, well, I tried to help them out. And I, he gave them a drug called budesonide. And that uh, he had extremely good turnout. You know, he and, and, and the thing about it is, is if, I'm, I don't know if it's it would be extremely sad. Right. If like in 20 years we look back on this time, and we were like, there were better ways to save people. Mm-hmm. And because we had these political stances and we're not willing to talk to each other, that massive amounts of people But that, dr- that drug may work. That's ha- That happens a lot, where doctors will try, like, an alternative something, but it's time. That's the issue we're at right now. Like, we don't have six years to to figure out what's going to be the best drug for COVID. We have as little time as possible to figure out how to eradicate it Okay, so what if there was a drug that was around for seventy years that never that was cost like a dollar a pill? Okay, Are you talking about vitamin D hydroxychloroquine. No. <laughs> yes, uh, the one that. Well, wait, wait. It, it works for some things. People never uh, until until it became political. Never was there was plenty of studies on it. No, there was no heart effects from it. There and are all these studies on it for. For people who have other things that it's useful for. And not there's every a lot di- of studies for, take, for COVID. I'm not going to take Midol because my knee hurts. Like, it works. It, it's going to do something because it has a pain reliever in it. But that's not whatever. But if there's a study that says it does work. People who have COVID are heart compromised. I understand that. So if you're doing a study on people who have COVID with a drug that's going to further compromise their heart, it's bad for those people to take that drug. But there drug. was no... Before... Because people, we never tested it on COVID before. Well, we couldn't test it on COVID because COVID didn't exist. But if like that's but, why that's why it doesn't work but, again. It's just a time thing. And I I, I get like, that. We're but, trying to get people vaccinated quickly. But the thing about it is, is we don't also have long term studies on what's going to happen to people down the line. We have exactly. And, and I we're all taking to, a risk. And I seem to be living in a world that uh, is willing to. Um, kind of, but like we have look long... past those things, and and, yeah. and, and then the, the, the later on, you know, it's ten, fifteen years later. Like, oops, sorry, and it's but, like, but you know what happens if you get COVID? You can die. So it's like we're making the choice of like, I probably am not going to die. It's it's also like we have never had this exact vaccine, but we've had many vaccines that are long term 
that have very similar ingredients treat treat the virus very, very similarly. Like, it's an mRNA vaccine. We knew how to make it from the beginning. We were like, it's very close to this virus. We're going to use that kind of that kind of technology to make this vaccine based on how close it is to this other type of virus. So it's like we have something to base it off of. It's not just like a scientist was just like, let's give this a try. But like, but like you had mentioned about the uh, aborted fetus cells being in drugs. Like we have tested that for years and years and years and people are still doubtful about it. And also Trump was saying that abortion was wrong while also getting that treatment. Yeah. Within when he got COVID, which is just I don't, and a that's, whole other but layer. that's him, you know. He, him. He'll yeah, say I mean, what he clown, says, like. but yeah, you know, and and that's the thing about it. I think, uh, I think, with with this situation, I, I mean, I've already seen, oh, you know, there have been over a thousand deaths now attributed to different COVID vaccines. Hmm. Um, but there's but there's risks like there like, is a so there risk. are some people who are just allergic to every vaccine like there's just something in it that so, I saw so someone who almost died the other day because he got his hair bleached like things happen but so a thousand seven, there were seven countries that w- are refusing to use the uh, AstraZeneca there's, there's thirteen now yeah. thirteen now but Europe and, brought it back they and, did so. Mm-hmm. So that's what and we I'm don't. Saying. We're not even using the AstraZeneca. We yeah. actually Astra. sold a lot of our stock to Mexico just the other day. Did we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they just sold it. Like, oh, it's not good for us. Yeah. You guys, well, we had like, a warehouse full. We of do it. that all the time. And, and, we don't and, care about and, other people. And that's the thing. I, you know, I just think um, it's that's that's an extremely polarizing um, topic. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I think it's an important conversation to have because. We had, you know, when I think about would I be able to live with myself, right? If I took my kids to go get a vaccine that ended up, you know, killing them or hurting them, I don't think I could. You know what I mean? Like, and to say that something, you know, the way that they're putting it out there now is, is like, these COVID vaccines are safe and effective. And it's like, Well, they killed some people and they injured a lot more. So what is your definition of safe? Because it's like... There's a a margin. There's like literally a margin. Yeah. There's literally numbers for every... For everything to be considered safe, not safe, risky, whatever. And like you're... But I don't think we know what that margin. We won't know. Yeah, what no, that we do is though. That's for, what I'm saying. This is like this is their standards. There just are for every vaccine, every drug, everything that's created. But standards? There's are a mark. The government. But the so, FDA is probably the FDA. Okay, so hold on. Like the government, like I'm show besides you this paper. these, there's always a margin within all of these so things because wa- it my, has to. My wife's a nurse at Ephraim Manor. Yeah. So they vaccinated people, but mm-hmm. she did not take the vaccination. At the bottom here, it says, it says the Pfizer Biotech COVID nineteen vaccine is unpro- un- unapproved vaccine that may prevent COVID. There is no FDA approved vaccine no. to prevent. 
So it's not approved by Yes, the, it, it yeah. had a... Um, an emergency authorization. Yes, an emergency okay, authorization. Well, Which isn't necessarily... This is uh, the, uh, uh, this it was like, just... Normally it takes years of trials. But again, we don't have years. But we were giving it out before it was approved. No, no, no. Emergency authorization. It went through... Yeah. It went through FDA authorization. But that's, it does. That's it's like, time But that's crunch. like legalese, though. That's kind of like... It's, it's like, not. It but it's like, this is an emergency authorization, the, but the it's not the same as this one. It's not the same because of the sample size. That's the only difference. It, so it passed everything how, else except for the sample size. And the only reason it couldn't pass the sample size is because we wanted to get it out faster than we wanted to test more people. What is the normal trial time of a vaccine? Years. Four, four or five years. And I understand what you're saying. And I, I, like we don't have four or five years. Right. And I get that. And I'm, I'm not disagreeing, you know. My view of it is, you know, I've seen enough but like what? What Death have you of it? seen? Like, like I haven't a thousand seen people out of millions vaccinated is very small. Uh, like it's not. Yeah, it would suck. Obviously, it would suck. But do you know how many people have died from COVID? Like you have to take. That's the balance. The, a thousand people who died from the vaccine. How many people have died from COVID? Do, do, I, I I think what for me personally, I can't speak for you, but like, for me personally, like I'm healthy. If I got COVID, I'd probably be fine. I've had it twice. But also, also, <laughs> the mean, other thing is the long-term effects of COVID are not known. So you absolutely. might be fine right now, but absolutely. your heart and I don't you're disagree 60, with you. Yeah. Whatever. And I don't and like, I I think you're I I think so it's that's like you, also you possible. have to take it's a calculated risk and your calculated risk is I take this vaccine, I probably feel like I have the flu for the day, for a day. But if we all take this vaccine, we can get back to normal, which is what people who are worried about money want, because that's what it boils down to. Again, capitalism. And, like, more but, people are vaccinated, so fewer people get this life-threatening disease, this life-threatening illness. Like, So do you think also, it should be mandatory? No. I don't okay. think any vaccine should be mandatory. Okay. However... However, like you mentioned the anti-vaxxers, like I'm not discounting an anti-vaxxer. Like I want to have this conversation, but the reason so many people are like, I don't trust anyone who says they're an anti-vaxxer is because the, the study that sort of started it all of vaccines are giving, giving your kids autism was debunked thousands of times over. Like it was completely and I think there's debunked, but also my question is, would I rather have my kid have autism or would I rather have my kid die of smallpox? Like, again, calculated risk. Like, there's there's less evidence that autism is actually a factor in vaccine and a lot more evidence that smallpox killed a lot of kids. Like, you have to make that choice. And for me, it's like the maybe this is bad versus this is definitely bad means I'm going to go for the one that's I'd have to check with my wife on the smallpox. I don't think smallpox is deadly. Is it? Check with your wife. Fine, measles. Fine, measles, polio. But like the things that kids get vaccinated for. German measles. isn't deadly. Yes, it is. Measles? Measles is absolutely deadly. It's a very, very bad... I'm thinking of something. Kids die from... Chicken pox, like it's bad, like it's. But measles is deadly. Measles has taken out giant and swaths of populations. Like but they're it? both deadly. I think at the end. Of so the- you, so you don't think the vi- you. <laughs> so to reiterate, you don't 
don't know that the thing that you're not getting your kids vaccinated for is deadly, but you know okay, that well, the let's vaccine... Okay, well, let's hold up a minute because... But that's what I'm saying. But first off, I don't retain information very well. Yeah, and that's fine. If you want to have a separate conversation where I do a bunch of research, yeah. we can have that conversation because I will come up with statistics and facts that... Because I believe from a per- certain perspective but are the, true, and because you believe from a different perspective are true to and, you. But what's so, true? I mean, we can do that, but like, but where are the sources again? Like, who's an expert? Well, I mean, like, there's plenty of I'm doctors. Asking. There's plenty of doctors. But that a doctor have, is not an epidemiologist. There's plenty of epidemiologists that believe that vaccines, uh, whatever vaccines, create autism. There's 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 information out there and. This goes back to just. But by again, s- is autism worse than smallpox? That's the that's what I'm asking. Like, I don't that's know. As somebody with a kid that has autism, I, I think they'd rather I their think, kid not die than have autism. I think uh, somebody takes care of a kid with autism for forty or fifty years would probably disagree with you. They'd rather have a dead kid than a kid with autism. What's the What's the odds of of a kid that What's the so back when measles was a big deal and we didn't know about hygiene and all these other things, which is similar to what you're saying with. No, 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 kids are getting measles now. There are schools I'm where sh- kids, there's there's outbreaks and, of kids with measles. And we looked, and I looked, when we did the, the when I did the research on measles. I'm just saying. The, like, the, the measles were overreported. Yeah. I'm just measles saying. Measles were not overreported. Okay. But that's what, but see measles what I'm saying. Measles are just not a thing anymore, except in places where people aren't getting vaccinated. But, like polio is literally you know, not a thing. How do you know they weren't overreported? Because you because we weren't reporting back then, like it wasn't like no. I'm saying re- no. there was a measles outbreak in New York. Yeah. And they overreported the measles outbreak because they were pushing that there was a bill in the, in the Senate to make. I mean, vaccines, vaccines aren't mandated. required, right? Not right now. Yeah. But. But like the COVID vaccine is also not required, and I don't think so. It if they make, be. if they give I'm you saying, a passport, personal choice. I would much rather risk the autism, which I don't believe is actually an issue, because there are plenty of kids who, who have autism who whose parents didn't vaccinate them. Like that's that's also a community of people that exist. There's not zero kids who weren't vaccinated and don't have autism. There's just not. Like it's not. Autism existed before vaccines. We just didn't have a name. How do you know that autism isn't over? overreported like like these questions are questions because who do you trust to answer them i think that's the real issue yeah it's like, like we we all are yeah. we all trust different sources and they frame our realities in different ways and the problem i think in the world that i see now is is that at some point in time i believe a certain a certain outlook on life may be criminalized that it may be of you know oh well you you don't think you know you let's say you don't you don't like vaccines well that's you know now now it's a mandatory thing now um i've over in israel right now you know they're they've already kind of started the thing where it's like you need papers to go places um uh to show that you've had the covid vaccine and but what but what kinds of places well, it's a lot of just public areas, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's uh, from what I understand, I think it's uh, things like uh, uh, 
malls and things like that. So malls are private. So the mall gets to decide <laughs> if they want people in so, who haven't had the vaccine. So that's what and, I'm saying. Like and private. And you be okay with that? So you, if I didn't get vaccinated, I I can't have access to the mall. Yeah. Why not? The mall can tell you so you can't I, if, have access. So if, if I don't get vaccinated, I shouldn't be able to access a grocery store? If you store? choose to not get vaccinated? Yeah. Yes. I can't get into a grocery store? Yes. That's madness. Why? It's madness. It's a private industry. They get to decide whatever they want. Who gets to choose whether I have access to food or not? The grocery store owner. They get to decide that now. They could throw you out for any reason that they want. So the vaccine is not, not going to be mandated, but it's going to be mandated. No, no, no. I don't think what, it should be. I believe be. that's where we're going. I don't think it should be, but it, it, they have that option. Again, your like first your your First Amendment right is not that you get to say whatever you want. It's that by the government you get to say whatever you want, and they can't stop you from doing it. But it's not that anybody else can't stop you from doing it. Like that's all the First Amendment is. It's not saying you can't you you can't say whatever you want on whatever platform you want. But once it's private, it's private because capitalism. Like yeah. like whatever you can. The grocery stores would absolutely still want your business. So they would absolutely still come up with a way for you to get groceries. They'd have a window. They'd have, you know, pick up your groceries, that kind of thing. But it's absolutely up to them to say, you're not allowed in here unless you show me that you're either vaccinated or medically exempt from being vaccinated. That kind of, that sounds a lot like second class citizenship. It does. It's not, though. It's a choice. That sounds like When I think about, like... You can't. Like, I think about black a, people also, back in the day, and they were like, "Go around of, back." It's for the sake of health. It sounds like you can't get in the country club because you don't make enough money. No, it's absolutely not that. It's you a, made a choice to not get vaccinated. You have the option. But that's my personal choice. Right, and it's their personal choice to not let you in somewhere. Country clubs still do that. That sounds. You yeah. still have. Like, and, and that's true. I mean, it is definitely their choice, and and they're not going to do it because they want money. So they're not yeah. going to do that. I mean, places now have signs that you have to wear a mask. But if somebody walks in not wearing a mask, all they do is say, "Could you uh, put on this mask?" Or they don't. Or they don't. Yeah. So it's just like they're not going to do it because they want your money, and that's what it all boils down to. And that's why they're never actually going to shut down private private places because of that unless you know like i could very much see like some of these little hipster lancaster restaurants absolutely doing like a you don't show us that you're vaccinated but at what point does it become a violation of your your like because i know for as a company for your employees you can't specifically ask them about certain medical issues so at what mm. point as a customer is there that level? Because even like being exempt from wearing a mask, like yeah. they don't have, you don't have to provide anything. You just have to say that mm-hmm. and they can't ask you for anything. So at what point would the vaccine have proving a card or showing a card? Like there are laws in place that prevent you, prevent companies from doing that. So I'm not saying that because I know I'm just curious. Yeah. It breaks it for- I, I think... But discrimination on things you can control. I think that's the difference. Can you control the thing? Then it's not discrimination. But is it... Is so... It, so like, I, I would, can't control the color of my skin. Nobody can. So if, if people aren't allowed because of their skin color, then that's discrimination. But, like, no shirt, no shoes, no service. If somebody comes into a gas station not wearing anything from the waist down, that gas station doesn't have to let them in because that person decided to porky pig it. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, they get to choose that rule. Yeah. 
But I think what you were saying was is that in the in the instance of uh, you know a place where uh, it's about medical, it's it's a medical related thing. Yeah. Just like I asked my job the other day, I said, "Is is uh, a mask part of like our PPE? Is that our personal you know protective equipment? Is that what that is?" And he said yes. And I said, "Well." If that's actually the case, why wouldn't we be fitted for masks and by OSHA? Because well, at ninety five masks are incredibly hard to come by, and there are not there's not enough supply. And the N, the K and ninety fives that come from China suck just as bad as the white ma- as the regular masks. And that's what I mean. Uh, but but because it's, OSHA it's is like, an underfunded organization as well, but and there's not enough people to do it. And that's that's it's. It would still be kind of in violation, like regardless if if it was if if somebody wasn't investigating it, it would still be in violation of, mm. you know, how do you know that I, you know, me personally, I have asthma. How do you know that I should personally be wearing a mask? And when you say that I have to, you have really no regard for my medical history or anything, and. We're not even going to talk about the idea that, like, you're, you know, it's you're asking people to rebreed CO two, but like that's not, you know, it's it's really interesting. But it's it's again, it's the science of it. Like masks are known to the the particles, the droplets of uh, spittle that can go. They they're caught by the mask, but CO two goes through the pores of the mask. Like masks are porous for the most. They're part. very porous. And even the ones that are the the well fitted respirators, you breathe out. Like there's a there's a valve to go out, but nothing to come in. Like yeah. it's a one way valve. And even talking like, you know, you going up to someone and you're not you have no regard for your medical history. I think that's a that's a great point. And also, like I've heard a few stories of people. People, I don't know. I can, if can you tell? I'm trying to remind myself to be <laughs> compassionate towards more people. Yeah. So this just story reminds me to be more compassionate. There was this older woman who walked into a store, and all of the employees were asking, were like stepping away from her, and she had no idea why. And she was like, "Why won't anyone interact with me?" So she finally found an employee and walked up to him and said, "Do you know where this is?" And he stepped away from her and was like, "Ma'am, if you want to talk to me, you have to put a mask on." This woman was. Pro mask, pro mask she vaccination. Really. She just forgot her mask because we're in a weird time. Yeah, and you you don't know you don't know their medis- medical history. You don't know what their day is like when it's so chaotic and they forgot their mm-hmm. mask in the car in their pocket. Like we we really don't. I I think we don't have enough compassion towards other people. And people are just scared though. I think that's all it boils yeah. down to. Like, the news I, has done an in- incredibly great job of making people extremely fearful in ways that I've never really seen before. And I think a lot of it has to do kind of with, uh, you know, it's the, it's the ticker concept. You know, let's give you a visual representation of what's happening with deaths. Let's not put a ticker up on how many people actually survived that. It's, it's, it's all a matter of, it's perception. But how many people need to die before the survival number doesn't matter? Well, like hundreds of thousands of people have died. Well, let's think about a thing in this like, country alone. And that's and it, you know when so when I start people. to talk about it, I have to you know I have to preface it by saying like I am extremely I feel extremely compassionate for anybody who has lost their life to it, anybody who's been um, incredibly injured by it, like uh, absolutely. But at the same time, 
I look at things like, what about like uh, heart disease, for example? You know, these, this is something that kills over six hundred thousand people in the. But in, that's the American medical every, system, like. And that's that's what I mean. I mean, if we had, what about a cancer? What do you mean by that? What if that's we put a cancer ticker? We don't do preventative medicine. We just do reactive medicine, just like we do in the penal system. Everything's reactive. Nothing's preventative. There's no guidance. There's no resources. There's no healthy eating. The uh, worst food for you is the cheapest food. There's no, you know, produce getting to people in poverty. And, like, and I think that those things contribute to people's problems with COVID too, because I think people in poor health. When you're talking about a person who has uh, pre-existing, you know, conditions, well, how many, uh, how many do you need in order to be, you know, like if you have heart problems, you have lung issues and things like this, and then let's say, yeah, you get covid and it takes you out i understand where that is scary but a large part of that has to do with we live in a system that seems to profit off of us being sick yeah but like those like those places are profiting now because we are trying to get better like it's all a cycle like the pharmaceutical companies are always the ones profiting They'd much rather profit and get a pat on the back than they would to have people die. Like, I mean, but like doctors and nurses who are dealing with this every day, who are seeing people die, they're not profiting. They're getting PTSD and they're not able to like function in their lives. Like, like any of the stories of people who have had to deal with an ER with, you know, multiple, uh, multiple COVID patients cycling through, like it's not. It's not just like uh, you take a deep breath and then you're gone. It's like people are like choking on their own like lung matter. Like it's it's bad. Like it's and it's hundreds of thousands of people, not hundreds of thousands of people with with tons of pre-existing conditions. People who just got it and their body didn't like it or they had no idea that they had a pre-existing condition. They were 25 and they thought they were fine, but it turns out that they do have a lung condition. And they not just that condition. though. I think a really important part that sometimes we forget is it does it a lot for a lot of people. It makes them very sick. Yeah. Two weeks, three weeks, very sick off a job that they may have mm-hmm. already been working. Hopefully if they're not unemployed from this situation anyway, now off the job and not making money who a high percentage of people who are getting COVID are already in poverty. Now they're maybe losing their house or not able to feed their kids mm-hmm. It's this whole other level yeah, of not, even of not just dying. death, not even just awfully sick, but not dying I, like I, below that. Absolutely. But we have to figure out a, a balance because there's going to be a lot of places that are going to, uh, I think like 70% of small business are going to close yeah. because of this. So we have to figure out part, we have to figure out a way to deal with the pandemic, but also not make everybody not to increase the, the we've had we've had a year though the, and the only thing that works is shutting down businesses so if we were funneling money into those businesses instead of funneling money to tax breaks for the rich like we did at the last at the cares act all that money that went to tax breaks for the rich could have gone to small businesses absolutely. but we didn't because in europe what they do is in europe they Funnel the money to the businesses. The businesses pay their rent. They pay their employees. In Australia, you get three thousand dollars a month. A month. Right? A month. Yes. In Canada, just, just to live, oh, just uh, to exist. Yeah. We have that money. We have all and of that money. You will be get. Uh, 
in the near future, or by the end of the year, I think we'll be getting. But why that. weren't we doing that before? We've had it. We've had it for a year. Because we there's saw a what wealth worked. transfer going on. That's what I'm saying. It's like, well, we have to figure out what works. We know what works. Australia is like basically COVID free because they were paying people to stay home because small businesses didn't have to close. They got to shutter for the time needed and they'll get to reopen when everything's reopened. Like we know what works. We've seen what works, but we say we don't have enough money for that because we have to fucking space force or whatever the hell we're doing. Like, well, yeah, we have to fight like we're, we're fighter jets or whatever we're doing. Like we have the money. We just never think that our people, our resources, our actual humans in this country are worth the money. Jeff Bezos could give us all $3,000 a day for like the next 10 years and he'd still be rolling in it. Well, like, so all you have to do is pay taxes. Right, exactly. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, we have the money. People are freaking hoarding it. The government is misallocating funds. It's there. If Australia can do it, there's no reason we can't do it. So, we know that works. But, but we I, also I don't like giving people handouts and giving people money to not have to put their lives in danger is giving people handouts. And that's not what America's about. America's about pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and going to work even when you have COVID because you have to go to work. Because if you don't, then you're lazy and you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Like, there's no reason we are not all being paid to stay home right now. I mean, I am being paid to stay home, and it's great. But, like, <laughs> but like, there's no reason that we aren't all doing it. There's no reason that restaurant servers have to go into work and have 30 customers breathe in their face just to keep, just to survive. Just to know that not only they're, like, surviving right now, but they're going to have a job to go to when this is all over. Like, we could just shut everything down and give people money to live. And then we would be done with it. But that's the thing I think that's that's because of the situation we find ourselves in. We uh, we kind of know that that won't happen. And I think for a person who's been like making, you know, who's been uh, you know kind of busting their ass to like try to like uh, keep their you know their little personal uh, business going. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I can't, you have to understand, you know, you have to kind of sympathize with, with somebody who's, who's saying, look, they're not going to rescue this situation with money. So I'm going to, I'm, you know, I've listened to a lot of people who stayed open, um, in the midst of it. And people thought that they were like horrible, but they were like, this is, this is my life. And, and I think if you ask those people and you said to them, Hey, listen, we'll give you like what you're saying. They would have give them money to close. They would have closed. Yeah. But the fact that they're not getting the money, they said we have to do something. No, I, I'm not saying that anybody who's no, stayed open No, and I know I I understand that. I'm just I saying. I understand that they're just. I, well, letting. I know, I, and I understand. I think there's a misconception yeah. of. Who thinks that? Do you know? Who I've definitely that? had that thought. I've of like, why are they open right now? Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. in the middle of the is. pandemic, I definitely have had that thought. I and think there's a lot of people. This think is that. bringing me more perception and understanding of those situations because I don't always think about those things. I'm like, this restaurant who is tiny and small is closed, and now they're suffering because you're I open. Mean, where the problem happens is how is my favorite hardware store, Paul B. Zimmerman's, <laughs> where you can find anything and everything. <laughs> Why do they got to close? Do they sponsor the podcast? <laughs> they did not, but they'd like to. We'd be ready. Uh, excuse me, Paul B. Simmons, Uh If you'd like to give us a call, please do. 
I actually they really won't. love Paul B. Zimmerman's as well. They won't. I saw too much wild shit on here. They're not. not no, they're like, I can't even tell if they're pro a vaccine or against. What well, am I supposed to do about here? Malbizo. They were one of the first ones to require masks. I remember you saying that. And I was shocked because they're they're Mennonite. Yeah. You know? So I was like, when I went in there, I was kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Yeah. And and there was like somebody at the front counting how many people went in Mm -hmm. and they had, I was very impressed. But like, you can't, Come to me and say, "Hey, we're calling, we're closing Paul B's, but hey, you know what, Lowe's, you yeah. go ahead and stay open." Yeah. Well, no, you're selling the same shit at both places. But, yeah. but, but it's nobody's different- telling them they need to shut down. They're deciding that they do because for the, their own personal reasons. Well, I think well, there was there was a point where you, yeah. you depending on no no hardware was always essential. Uh, well, maybe that's a bad example. But Are like because sh- I think there was confusion about. Because, you know, people always say, like, what is essential? Like, when we first right, started. Right. Yes, there exactly. was a list. Hardware was on it. Okay. Hardware was on it? Yeah, hardware was on it. That's why Lowe's and Home Depot could stay open. And that makes sense. Because you need the... to be able to fix your toilet if your toilet breaks. Well, that yeah, that makes absolute sense. But then on the other end, somebody could be like, well, hey, like, you like, go and trim weed all day. What Are you essential? You know what I mean? Like... And and that was something that was in in my head. Is it also, because it's medicinal? Is that why? there's a medicinal aspect? To, you know, yeah. It's it's. It I have a question. Medical, so it's like, how essential am I if I have to go to work but don't get health care? Well, that's Again, a whole other thing. But private industry capitalism. Weed. I have friends in in Oregon who work on a on a weed farm, and they had to because if you don't trim the weed then you're losing your sales in the next year and in the future so i think farming and agriculture was considered yeah essential okay and that's a a good thing to know yeah you know i um yeah because i really i didn't understand it i I mean the the non-essential list was just tiny it was just like food services goods like it really the essential list really just covered and anybody who didn't open like was like because they didn't have staff they weren't they didn't feel like things were safe yeah like and i think a lot i think a lot of times what happened was like what you said sadie's was like certain people are like listen they're open um, you know, we're going out, but we're not going into places. Mm-hmm. And I think like the overall perception was they shouldn't be open. Not necessarily mm-hmm. that they weren't allowed, but like the public opinion was okay. You know, why are they open? Because we were also you a, know like a lot more worried at the beginning. We just didn't. Oh, like... I, oh you know, I watched this from I watched this from the beginning. This I man was... gave me gas mask in like February. Yeah. <laughs> no joke. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I was, yeah. I was ready. I watched this happen in China first. Yeah. On Twitter. Yeah. Like my question was, okay, if I can watch this shit in my bedroom on Twitter and then it's the middle of the day in Singapore and there's not one person on the train station and they're driving these big ass trucks down the main street of whatever whatever town you want or Providence in China and they're blowing shit into the air, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I, so somebody explained to me how, you know, and then we kind of just like played it off and yeah. whatever. What more prepared, I guess, is the question. We should have been way more prepared mm-hmm. and from that perspective. We hid the first few cases. The 45th president actually dismantled the pandemic plan yeah, that was put into true. place. Yeah. So because I mean, I feel like if we were I mean, more, I think everyone's in agreement that he, everyone here is in agreement that he did not handle it well. 
as a as a leading figure. Well, yeah. I mean, I I, uh, I I don't know what the best way to handle it is, but, but I, I don't think what once he did again, I think they let it come here on purpose because there's financial reasons. I think they want there's a certain the they. That's a good question. Who is the they? Hey, remember we're going to do it. We're trying to figure out who the they is for you. <laughs> no, who? The lizard don't. people? The lizard people? <laughs> the don't. Illuminati. I don't think it's the don't, lizard don't, people. Don't, don't let him look this up. <laughs> don't. <laughs> if I can know about the lizard If he calls me next week talking about lizard people, I'm going to be mad at you for it. <laughs> well, no, I, I believe there's a group at the top. We don't know who they are. The, and the Bilderberg group? Bilderberg or what's uh, the ones with the R? I don't even really. Oh, the Rothschild. I don't Rothschild. Even, I don't even like take it like to that. clandestine people, though. I look at situations like. Um, but again, like who 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 is profiting? Well, let's look at it from this standpoint. Like, um, let's look at somebody like Anthony Fauci, right? You know, somebody who I'll never get over this. That he got on television and told everybody not to wear masks. And then told everybody they had to wear masks. Yeah, because he learned and he changed his mind. He learned. He he. A person who had been doing something for twenty some years didn't know that. Because we didn't know about it. Didn't I also understand that he that like a man. You know what I mean? Like he. They knew in China there was airborne before a guy. And it was there was a shortage of masks. We also didn't have enough masks. So. I, and I also think we need to have some understanding to people because I don't know if he exactly said you don't need to wear a mask. I think it was more of we don't have the mask right now and we don't think you need to wear a mask. Are you sure he said you don't have to wear he, a mask? He said, he, he <laughs> said on 60 Minutes. And the, what was funny was because I was just talking about this the other day because the interviewer was like he, he – like, he asked a follow-up question after he said it. He was like, are you sure about this? Because, like, there's a lot of people who are going to he- listen to you right now. Yeah. And he said, no. He said, it's not necessary at this point. You, We don't need to, uh, that you might actually, he said, it might provide you some benefit. But he said that mm. um, really the, the it wasn't consequential enough to stop. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I got off track. In reality... With Anthony Fauci, um, it goes back to around like 2015 when and it goes well, yeah. There, and there's okay. a lot of people in that Hold situation on. too. But so the, let him finish. Yeah, go ahead. The, but so, I have the quote when you guys are done. So, so one thing with him is is that uh, in 2000, I think 15, he they were doing what you call gain of function studies. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. Gain-of-function studies are when uh, different laboratories try to uh, manipulate, um, a let's say, a virus or something like that and try to make it stronger in the attempt to be able to, to be better equipped to deal with it, so to speak. But back in, like, 2015, I think, uh, you know, Obama was like, uh, I don't know, if, and it wasn't just him, but it's like they had a moratorium. They said we don't know if we should be doing things like this anymore because what if it gets out? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a place. There's Fort Detrick in Maryland is where a particular coronavirus was being studied that went to act. It was shipped to the University of North Carolina, and this is all like documented in the Science Journal. You know, it's peer reviewed journal and there were people from the Wuhan lab in that lab when the moratorium happened they said all right well we can't do the studies anymore so then they paid 
somewhere around $3 million for the Wuhan lab to continue studies on this. Now, this is Anthony Fauci doing this. So, this thing is being studied in Wuhan. And then, the next thing I know, they're talking about, well, it came from a bat. And it's like, no one wanted to look at the idea that it's possibly escaped the lab. That's not, I don't even think that that's a conspiracy-minded thing, to think that something could escape a lab. Things, I mean, things mutate from animals all the time. That's Absolutely. why we had bird flu. That's why we had swine flu. Like, that's a very common, a very, very common mutation of a virus. Like, I understand that it might have come from a lab. Like, I understand your thinking on that and why you would do that. But, like, what it doesn't affect how we treat it. It's still the same virus. It's still the same path to getting rid of it. I'm, I would just be shocked to think about how many protocols a lab like that would have to have in place to ensure things like that don't happen. And I'm not saying it's impossible because yeah. really nothing's impossible. But you just think, you just have to think about how many, I know how many protocols I have to put in place at my work for basic food safety things and bacteria. So I could only imagine if they're functioning how they should be. They should have SSOPs and SOPs and just procedures and approvals on how yeah. things work. But but at the same time, the thing, I think the thing that I think about is, is well, if you were studying that there, why would why why is it outside of the realm of possibility that it was something that came out of a lab? Yeah, it's and, not. I don't think. I don't think so either. You know, or or why? You know, I I it's just the possibility of it. Yeah, the possibility is kind of. Uh, poo-poo. You know, people are just like, what? What are you, some sort of tinfoil hat dude? And I'm like, well, set this in the general science. You know, like, it it says Wuhan on this, and this is 2015. You know like, yeah. uh, And I'm not saying that, um, that that's exactly, like, I don't, that's the thing about all of this. None of us know. Yeah. Well, the the real reason why I think that we have such discrepancies in society is because transparency doesn't exist. Yeah. Like no one, no one in society is willing to be transparent with the people, and then the people bicker on their. It's funny because people call people conspiracy theorists. I've heard I've had people tell tell me I was a conspiracy theorist, and then spit out a conspiracy theory right after <laughs> that. Yeah. Often. <laughs> I, I think with that though, like twofold it doesn't matter like like even if you told me it came from a lab like i'd say that sucks that they lied to us but like it doesn't matter in how we treat it but also people are apt to believe the easiest answer so like yes. they don't want to feel like they're being lied to but they also the bat thing is real because it happens all the time like it's not the bat thing's not a crazy idea so it's just like okay that's how it happened like to the point where they've been able to trace it to the bat that it probably was, you know, like, like research has been done. And I think that's why people don't necessarily think that the lab thing is, it's just like not, it would suck, but it's not like worth my time to worry about because other things are more important. Although the situation. wouldn't it be important to worry about if you think about what other labs may be researching, no, I mean, no, like, we know that they're creating things and that 
things are being tested and but you should then have to go back and change your protocols then if it came from a lab or it came from a bat is it treated differently is there things that are or the way you approach it maybe you treat no it's the same chemical will be the same thing yeah i mean they're treating what exactly is it that's why we know about all these mutations now that are happening so the the fauci quote was just it wasn't 60 minutes it was march 8th of 2020 so like a year and a couple of days March ago. 8th you said yeah uh, there's no reason to be walking around with a mask when you're in the middle of an outbreak wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better and mm-hmm. it might even block a droplet but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think it is and often there are unintended consequences people keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face so that was his guidance and then on April 3rd the CDC updated its previous advice but then i will say as of april 3rd working in the medical field at the time in covid response we were getting cdc updates like every three days yeah so like the guidance from one day versus three days later could have been completely different because it was there there are two things it's like you're finding out what's best for actually preventing it but what's best for actually preventing it and what you can convince people to do are not necessarily the same. Thing. And also regarding masks, um, in a certain instances, it actually is worse. I read a, a study because, like she said, people fiddle with their mask and put the co- possible COVID within their facial area. And because it's so moist underneath your mask the bacteria is able to stay for a much longer time period. So you're much more likely to get it if it gets so now, there. So now somebody that is a person that is anti-mask reads that. They're like, perfect, point proven, let's do this, no mask. And that's like kind of what we're, I think we're both well, you saying. you have to ask yeah. people to learn. Like, there are people just but, not willing but to that's, learn. But that's a study, I've, right? I've... No, because no, they is. updated it. Like you have to. But that keep... was a, she just said that was a study that they did, right? That yeah. is a study. No, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what he said in his thing. But again, put on a mask. Don't ever touch your face. Wash your hands forty times a day. Yeah, has turned into what can we actually get people to do? Put on a mask. Like that's where we are now. Like, people just are used to it. Yeah, like, and I People think are it, not washing their hands as much. They're not thinking about it as much. They're doing it just because it's part of your routine. Like, you leave your car, you put on your mask, and it's just... And it's so polarized. Do. So if someone who is pro-mask right. sees something that's pro-mask and another fact that benefits them, then that's what they believe. And when they see... Because when I first read that, I was like, What? And as I read deeper, it was like a actual, I don't even know how I fell upon it, but it was an actual scientifically proven um, report. And and I just found that fascinating because at first I, who's someone who tries my best not to be biased, is so biased. So I can only Absolutely. imagine people. So then, because like the, the, at work, they're, they're, you know, they're anti-mass. So like, but I have conversations with them like, listen. Why, why do you not believe, like, the one kid at work, he's 22 years old, paint shop manager, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Technically, he's my boss. <laughs> but it's cool, he's a, he's a cool kid, but he's, he loves Trump. Well, I shouldn't say he loves Trump. He just felt like 
between the two, Trump was the better option. We and can say whatever. A, and if you're it's a, a con- it's conservative, just like how I'm right. a Democrat and I did not want to vote for Biden, but right. I did, it's exactly. kind of that's so this Biden I'm like, listen, understand that. We got into a conversation. He doesn't believe he believes Corona's real. He believes people are dying from it. But he hates the mask because in his he, way he described it was that he he doesn't think that how you get corona is how you get it. How does he think you get it? I, I, I'm going to butcher it because I don't remember exactly what it said, but basically he thinks that they're lying about how you get it. And be, because of studies like that, like he's he and he, he does a lot of research. So he'll read a study like that because of how he believes. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh. Perfect. And back to, to that, who's, who's your who's who is, your professional? Who who's yeah. your doctor? And that kind of goes back to to um, a concept that I've been learning about called terrain theory, and that was something that kind of was in opposition of germ theory. You know, it was based on the idea that how we get things like viruses and things are more environmental concepts than they are. You know, and it's funny because mm. it's like they call that terrain theory, and that germ they call germ theory germ theory, but we don't think about germ theory as a theory. We think of germ theory as an absolute. Mm-hmm. We don't think of that. We don't even, you know what I mean? Like that's one of those unchallengeable concepts. And um, yeah, I mean, but that's the thing about it. There's people with varying degrees of information about a lot of different things, and we all are just trying to put it together the best possible mm-hmm. for us. So my main thing is because we have, uh, you know, not just a country of ideas, but we have a world full of ideas. Mm -hmm. There's somebody doing things in the Amazon right now that you can't even conceive or why they're doing what they're, you know, there's, there's a world full of ideas. If we get to a place where it becomes illegal to have some ideas, uh, I don't think that that's a progressive place anymore. I think you're on your way to some sort of a totalitarian situation yeah. where you can be have thought crime, you know? Oh, look at him. This is what he thinks. That put him but, in jail. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the private enterprise thing again. I mean, yeah, obviously if the government like said you couldn't have thoughts or you couldn't speak on certain things, like but but the people who we we love the Constitution, too. So the idea of amending the First Amendment ever, like, mm-hmm. is very unlikely. But I'd mentioned about, like, yeah, Giant can tell you you can't come in without, you know, your papers. But what I think it's going to come to is you can't, you either go in with a paper or you go in with a mask. Like, those are going to be your yeah. choices. Yeah, okay. yeah, like, I think that's what it's going to boil down to, that... The people with the vaccine don't have to wear a mask. The people without it do. And, like, that, I think that's a, a concession a lot of people are willing to make if they don't want to wear a mask. Again, when I worked at the health center, we were required to get the flu shot as a person who worked there. However, if you opted not to get the flu shot, you just had to wear a mask for the season. Yeah, that's... So, like, yeah, so you have you always have that choice. And I think that's probably what it's going to boil down to in private and and governmental uh locations but i mean but if giant wanted to they could do whatever they want but also like to your point we just haven't experienced this level of division Mm -hmm. and this level of knowledge and this 
level of confusion. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I have never felt so confused about what I what is true and what is not true. Mm-hmm. And, I, I see that. and who to trust. And who to trust. Yeah. And even my doctors who, like, I, I don't trust doctors who, like, will talk to me and, like, tell me certain things. I feel like I have to question them when in, which is good, but also in, in other times maybe that never really had to happen because our, our society was not so connected, meaning you weren't hearing the person's opinion from California well, not every in California, day. California, but somebody across globe in a different country that has a you know a different way of and different culture yeah and different culture and different experience and now we have doctors who are much older who have their license from 40 50 years ago you don't have to get that updated like you don't have to go back to school so now they're operating you do have to keep your credentials up to date um and you do what does that require continuing education usually Continuing, it requires continuing education. If you were working in a hospital like an ER, no, doctors, you'd be like, you know, you're living the no, you have to get a paper, yeah. Oh, you you do, you have to. There are there's a credentialing boards for every state, there's required required continuing education for every doctor, not everywhere, like a pediatrician or something, Hmm? even like a pediatrician. Oh, yeah, all medical because they're a doctor, MDs, ODs, um, do nurses. Yes, nurses have to do credentialing too. Huh. And I think that 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 uh, that kind of makes me think about like the idea of this this the 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 division that we have is not just amongst the civilians. Like it's about and not that it, I was going to say like a, it's in the medical field too. Mm-hmm. Not to say that doctors aren't civilians or anything, but uh, doctors are kind of in this place of knowledge mm-hmm. and the medical field when it's actually examined, you start to see that these people, definitely with a lot of the things that have gone on, are just as divided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. thing is, is that I feel like they're... I, I'm always rooting for underdogs. You know what I mean? So it's like, when a person is uh, somewhat silenced and not given platform in front of the people to state their claim, I kind of feel like I've seen too many situations in the past where people uh, were trying to uh, alert people of certain things and then forces came to squelch that voice. Mm-hmm. To say, you, know, uh, you know, in civil rights movement, that seemed to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, until it became, you know, until it got kind of flipped. But it was like, when we have these thoughts that go against the mainstream, there are people who have interest in keeping the narrative in a particular place without an outside influence. And that, I think, is sort of dangerous. Because... They want to keep America great. Well, yeah, there's... Like, a, people want to keep things the way that they were. And what was people the are comfortable. That's true. And, you know, people want... They, they want to do that, but it's like... We are, I think... What our strengths are in our our differences uh, is is that we we can come from these different angles, and in a time before social media, we could <laughs> talk to people civilly and uh, have an informed uh, uh, opinion about things. But now it's like 
you know, when I bring up other, like, I, I, I learned about this, this drug that they've been using to treat COVID called uh, ivermectin. Um, the doctors, you know, who, who've dealt with it have had a lot of success. Um, when I say, you know, when I say that kind of stuff to people at my job, they start to look at, like, I don't know, like, it's like there's a silence kind of, but there's sort of like this, like, fuck you. Like, they're like, mm. fuck you for thinking that there's hope outside. But of I mean, this. we it's are like, working mm. on that. Like, there are, well, we have the vaccine now, but there are people still working on treatments. I Absolutely. mean, treat, the treatment door hasn't been closed. And the treatments have, but the thing is, is that I'm starting to see, like, there's been, there was a time where it was like, okay, if you get this, um, just you, you know, tough it out at home until you feel too horrible, and then come in. And now, you know, I'm starting to see. There's, you know, there's a lot of doctors saying like the treatment of this within the first like two to three days is extremely important. So it's like, did did they just discover something new? Or is is or or is this something that other people had some idea that it might possibly be a reality? Because from what I understand, you can't do an emergency. Um, what is that? An emergency? Uh, what was it? What was it? What was it? Intubation. The emergency authorization couldn't happen if there weren't other treat like like if there were other ways to treat it. Then there wouldn't have been any need for an emergency authorization to test. A, to oh, test it on yeah, people, yeah. but now I'm starting to see that they've been kind of silent. You like need both, though. They are they are working on treatments and there are experimental, which treatments. is reactionary. But and you, vaccine is prevention. But even yeah, but even when we get yeah, exactly. Even when we get everybody vaccinated, people are going to choose not to. There are people who won't be able to because they have health issues that prevent them to from it. And because it's so widespread now, even once everybody who wants to get vac- get the vaccine gets it, there are going to be, be people who have it, um, especially with these mutations going around. So the, the door to treatments hasn't closed. Like, they're still working on those. And that ivermectin or whatever it is might be something that works. But if it's not tested, you know, might find out that it works on the patients that this doctor had, but in this population, like... But I'd also so- be curious, I'd like to read more on the, uh, the emergency authorization, because if something, if there's a medicine for something, that is treating something that's already happening... So I wouldn't it really... Already, the medicine already exists, you mean? No, I'm saying the medicine is treating a, a, a virus that's already within you. Mm-hmm. But a vaccine is preventing that virus mm-hmm. from affecting you. So I'm just curious how a vaccine... Like, I would see a medication and a vaccine as two separate entities. And so for, to have well, emergency authorization, you would need to know that there's no other vaccines out there that are, are, that are already in process that, are treat, that could treat COVID. To approve a COVID vaccine, then with emergency well, authorization. I mean, that's basically what they did was take a vaccine that already existed, like a flu type vaccine, and, right. and and adapted it for COVID. But the ivermectin, so that's an approved drug, right? People can take that if you don't have these conditions. Like yeah. they say that there, it affects the the heart. So if you don't have a heart condition, 
and you can take ivermectin, right? If a doctor who's a doctor knows that you don't have any of these these red flags for ivermectin and they think that it'll work for COVID, there's nothing preventing them from using that on a COVID patient. Like, they can go off script. They can go off recommendation. The It runs into problems with, like, your health insurance yeah. and, like, whatever. But, like, that doctor can do that. So if that doctor is having success with this and he, feel, he or she feels, he, she, or they feels that within their scope of understanding, this is more effective than letting that person not have it, that's up to them to prescribe that. So they can do that. It's more about getting the word out. And that actually happens. Like, again, worked in a small health center, but there would be discussions about, like, yeah, we actually go off book. I'm on a drug right now that's off book for the treatment I'm using it for. Hmm. But, you know, my doctor has said, I think this will work for you. So let's give it a try. And if not, then we'll go through your insurance company and get the thing that's on book. Yeah. Like, so doctors can do that. They have the freedom to do that. It's just a matter of, like, getting that word out and getting to the point of trials where every doctor feels confident. But there's a difference between a doctor saying, I'm going to give you ivermectin while you're here, and the president saying, everybody go up and buy, tell your doctor that you want hydrochloroquine and have them give it to you. Because what happened when everybody was doing that is people who have lupus were not able to get their hydrochloroquine. So that makes sense. it's mm-hmm. like, it, there's a supply chain issue as well. So mm-hmm. I, if ivermectin's used for X, if we start using it for COVID patients, but nobody knows that it's being used for COVID patients, whatever X is, there's not enough of that for X. Like we don't have stores of medicine sitting around. Like, it's really like... what also happens in that scenario is the countries like India or some of the other countries that produce, because we don't make many of our Mm -hmm. antibiotics and stuff, start hoarding it. Yeah, when they realize there's an uptick in... Well, they they realize that it may be the, the, you know, the the cure to it or whatever you can say. Yeah, exactly. So now, you know, that's our other problem is that I think... Like China was, makes like ninety percent, seven percent of our antibiotics or mm-hmm. something like that. So you imagine if, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like there are there are channels because things have to go through certain channels to be done quickly, safely, effectively. But like that's not to say that, you know, whatever. Like the masks are a good example. We were just freaking out of masks for like whatever, and you just had to buy what you could get your hands on because everybody was buying masks and now it's just not an issue because we were able to catch up to demand like so things just have to be done in a certain way and it's like yeah bureaucracy and red tape and it's annoying but it's just like you have to do it because that's how the system's set up yeah i mean yeah it's 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 a weird situation i mean all around (laughs) i mean i got I, I was listening to a man the other day. His name was Geert Vandenbosch. <laughs> he had a great You name. do have amazing recall. Was, I know. Geert, <laughs> you, like, remember Geert, drug names and Geert Vandenbosch. Geert Vandenbosch. Well, it sounds like Jeez. a James Bond yeah. villain guy. <laughs> Geert Vandenbosch. <laughs> but, no, Geert Vandenbosch was a... Uh, he's he's led um, a couple of different... Well, actually, he's been in like the vac like he's led vaccine programs in different countries around the world for like twenty some years, and not too long ago, he put out uh, a warning um, to different physicians, and you know he's he's spoken to many people, and he's given a um, 
uh, he's given a uh, like a online kind of a, a, I guess it's a, like a PowerPoint presentation. But what he was saying was he he, he fears for people who have been vaccinated um, because he said that there is a possibility that when you know we we know that the you know that there's a lot of uh uh mutations mm-hmm. we you know uh, from what i understand what he said uh, it, it mutates every 10 hours mm-hmm. um and he was saying that there's a possibility that one of these mutations will have an all like a a, a problematic uh, it'll be problematic for people who've been vaccinated. Then when they come mm-hmm. back into contact with it, you know, and this goes back to this concept of uh, an expert. Now, if you've led vaccine programs for 20-some years, are you an expert? Right. I mean, I, I it, and for him to say something like that, First of all, that's almost kind of like some sort of like career suicide for a person who led vaccine programs to get on a camera and say, I have some serious concerns about what might happen. Mm-hmm. And I understand that like it's a big world and there's so much information in it. But it's like if we're not going to consider that certain things might not be, you know, we can't just hope it to reality to be like. Well, I hope that this doesn't have this adverse effect. Well, this man over here is saying that this might have some real issues. Um, I don't understand why that's, uh, you know, and I, I, like I told somebody else about that. And they just like looked at me like, what does he know? I'm like, yeah. well, he, he's kind of, that was kind of his job to know stuff like that. But it's a like, theory. Like It is a theory, but it's like. But isn't the vaccine it, a theory right No. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> it's been tested. Like, tested and tested, tested and tested by companies and tested. that are about to make billions of dollars. Yeah, but... So they the have F- a vested reason for it to be successful. Yeah, yes? but we all do. I mean... Well, I'm not doubting that we, we all... Do, yeah, but there is but some they're trust they're involved, vested in to be successful. They're also vested in it. They're non-alternative reasons for that. For like, I know I said it sounds silly that vitamin D is a big deal, but I've seen studies, and of course I can't quote it because I don't remember. I'm like Will Brain <laughs> over there, so <laughs> that have had thousands of people in that study and because they come in with a certain percentage of vitamin D in their system this they get covid but the symptoms they have are less yeah. and the percentage of the people that had certain levels those people are they're getting covid but they're not getting you know they're getting like mild symptoms yeah so they because but we of also that, don't know the long term effects of getting covid I'm not disagreeing with that but so it's 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 all like up in the air so, so it's like you get the vaccine you. yeah and you have to choose what's best for you. Right, I understand that, but I'm and but what I'm saying is that from my perspective, I see companies that are going to be the financial windfall yeah, from this situation involved. is going to be absurd. From for Pfizer, for Johnson Johnson, for the word the one I can't pronounce. Moderna. Moderna. Oh, the as, AstraZeneca. Yeah, that one. Uh, you know, so they have a vested interest for somebody like that guy. For his information yeah. not to get out, and and it's very easy for him them to just say, "Well, 
you know, that's a, that's it, a theory. It's just, yeah. it's one guy, though. Like, that's the well, thing. I don't it's just like... It's one guy that, in the, I think there's other people about. saying that, though. Not that particular yeah. theory. I mean, there's... like, even, like, epidemiologists, people who work for the CDC are worried about these mutations. Like, everybody's worried right. about them. But... And I, so that's the other thing too, is like, we're obviously all people who critically think, and there are lots of people who don't. There are lots of people who just do whatever they're told, just like go through life and just wait to be told what to do and how to act and whatever. Ignorance is bliss. Truly. Ignorance is bliss. True. Yeah. A hundred percent. So that's who I worry about. Like, like I don't worry about you. Like, you're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Like, you are going to be totally fine. You're going to make your decisions. You're going to do your research. You're going to figure it out. You're going to decide what's best for you. But, like, my mother exists in the world, and she just does whatever Facebook tells her to do. Well, so my fear like, is, my uh, other fear is that, so, like, my dad and mm -hmm. his wife. Mm -hmm. So, they're going to, I don't know if they got vaccinated or not yet. I think they, I think they got the first round. I'm not 100%. My mom did last week. Did she? Okay. So now, let's say they now they have this false sense of hope, right? Mm -hmm. So they have this, I shouldn't say false mm -hmm. sense. They have this idea that, okay, I'm vaccinated now. So I can I'm go back good. to my normal life. Right. I can go around, you know, like, mm -hmm. it's like freedom. It's yeah. like, I'm breaking out of I here. I mean, that's how I feel. I'm ready I'm to go. crazy. I mean, I, I have not and, changed my behavior at all. I'm acting exactly right. the same as before I got but the For you, you're, you're acting differently. But for them, with the conversations I've had with them, yeah. the main reason they're taking that is so they can come to my house. Or not yeah. just my house, but like they can they start can visiting family. Yeah. They can do what they're going to do. So my fear is that, you know, however I think a vaccination doesn't matter. But my fear is that it's not going to be that way. And that... Because we don't really know yet. Mm -hmm. And now they're out doing their thing, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're going to get it, maybe a different strain of it, yeah. because I mean, of that false sense of hope. That's you know? a real fear. And that, I, I don't want to like crush her, be like, you know, you shouldn't really do that, because like that's the whole reason she's doing it. But like I'm kind of fearful of that. And I think well, there's a I lot think of people... There's precaution if you're if we all need to have precaution but we also all need to have a level of hope because without yeah. the yeah. hope that you have always hopeful it's pointless right life is pointless yeah and i'm already halfway there so don't get me started if you're gonna make me hopeless well not making it <laughs> yeah, hopeless exactly. and i don't think I, I don't think we're having a conversation about hopelessness we're having a you know it's a different but yeah, I th I think people are gonna do that. I think a lot of people are gonna get the vaccine. They're gonna just like jump back into regular life, like it was, but like it was a year and a half ago. But we're also going to monitor and react appropriately. Like I think it's just gonna be a constant like learning thing. Like it doesn't sound awesome. It's not great. It's not what I want to happen. But that's what's gonna happen. Like. Like Texas, Wyoming, what's the other state? Just no mask mandates yeah. anymore. Just go back to normal. Mississippi, Texas. I think there's 13 of them. Florida. Florida. Yeah. Why Florida? Well, Always I'm, Florida. I'm thinking yeah, about so like, to Florida. <laughs> you're being serious? That's, that's actually, yeah, I didn't even tell you that. But like, uh, <laughs> so I'm this is travel to Florida. This is a podcast. This is a breaking news. Flights are breaking very news. Cheap. Breaking news, everyone. <laughs> also, no. my dad cannot work Zoom, so he has he has resulted to flying to Florida <laughs> instead of doing a podcast I don't do via Zoom. Zoom. I do street. What was the one we did? What with, did we uh, do? With with the uh, with your buddy? Oh, Streamyard. Streamyard. Yeah. Of course. Stream <laughs> Screw Zoom. <laughs> but yeah, no. I, it's, right. Streamyard was very easily. 
be easy. I I'm tried sure. Zoom before and it sucked. Why are you going to Florida? Yeah. Uh, I hate snow. <laughs> uh, I don't blame you there. I might follow you. I hate snow. I I like the idea of like being 20 minutes from a beach. Mm. Uh, like, it's very you know, hot in the summer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Putridly hot in the summer. Yeah, but Can't go outside. But, you know, I, I, I come from, you know, I'm, I'm genetically predisposed for <laughs> hot weather. You know? Oh. I'm not... <laughs> Okay. I don't. Want to, I got I don't you. Want to, you know, but uh, no, I think, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I I've lived in this area um, most of my life, and to leave it almost seems like inconceivable to me. Yeah. So it's like I think I'm kind of getting to that age where it's like I don't know if I want my kids to grow up here. Or how yeah. old are your kids? My kid, my daughter is. Five, my son is four. Okay. You know, and they're... Do it now if you're going to do it. I just... I I, I also like to live in a more diverse area where they're... I don't know. It's... I don't know. Living here has been an interesting thing. You know, I've learned a lot of things. Yeah. At the same time, it's... I want to move to Puerto Rico. (laughs) You can also always move back if you need it. That's the truth. You know, that's what I... That's what's in the back of my mind. You know, I just... Look at this example right here. (laughs) (laughs) Where'd you move? Yeah, California. Oh, yeah, I was in California. Did you like it out there? Was it... I did. I loved it. But I... It made me realize how much I need connection to other people and to people like that I know and that I understand. Oh. <laughs> I mean that he is one of the no. He's one of the reasons reason she left. Yeah. She's like I love not going back. He's going to be- Came back cuz my mom. It did give me a new appreciation for my parents as well. Like I realized how much I wanted to connect with them whereas when I left it was more of like getting away from and like trying to escape. A, a place that I thought was was so bad for me. Holding and, me back. Yeah, and then when I left, I realized the thing that was holding me back was me. It wasn't my environment. Yeah. So then when I did decide to come back, I remember driving, because we drove across the country, then we drove back, and I remember driving, I think we were in Utah at the time, and I was like, I just need to remember it's not my environment that that makes me do things and makes me you know, be a better person and strive to be better and strive to work harder. It is me who does that. And I don't know why I'm talking about this now. No, no, no. no. <laughs> that's, that's the a lesson good, no, that's for a myself. Good, that's, a, that's, a good, uh, that's a good outlook on that. I mean, I, like I said, I've lived here for a long time, but like just to be able to leave, you know, your comfort and go yeah. somewhere different, like that, you know, it takes a lot of, you know, well, it takes a lot of intestinal fortitude. You know? I think I'll, I think I'll, I think kids can. Well, I say kids, but it's not a kid anymore. I think uh, young adults should all kind of venture out to. Kind of, I think it's helpful. I think that's helpful to kind of break away and you're on because sure. you're really on your own. Yeah. You know, there. I mean, obviously, you had Noah, but you were yeah. really on your own. Yeah, Dad could call and try and die. Hey, listen, listen to my car. This is what I would do. This is <laughs> this put my phone making. up to it. <laughs> what, what's wrong with it? <laughs> wow. And, uh, and also, I spent like $100 on my car, and I drove it back and forth, which is just crazy. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's crazy. you know, and I think that's good. Like, you learn a lot of life. Less and like you, I mean, I think it's good. Yeah, I agree. That makes me one, you know, because you're saying that like the, uh, 
you you needed the connection. Yeah. You know? And it makes me like I was not too long ago. I was um, I'm sure you guys know who Mumia Abu Jamal is. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> oh, you educated on. <laughs> is this someone local? No. Well, he's he is in Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> he's a uh, uh, you know he kill, he got accused of killing a cop back in. I was in Philly, right? Yeah, I was in yeah. Philly. Oh. Uh, but he was also like he's extremely like candid. Like he's he was like the president of like the African American like journalist association or something. Wow. Like so like like you should check out some of his videos because mm-hmm. like when they interview him in jail, you're like he's an inmate, but he, this does not sound like an inmate at all. Like this is like a extremely learned human being. Mm-hmm. Like, but you know, I was thinking like. What does it do to somebody's mental, uh, to you know, uh, mental everything capacity, capacity, your spiritual capacity, to be locked away in a place away from your connection? Like, not to say that people don't have their connections in prison, but you know, that's that's always been one thing that, like, you know, that can be devastating to not just. Uh, you know the inmate but like the family mm-hmm. the family like the, I just um, kids I was, without their parents yeah I just I just mm-hmm. watched a documentary not too long ago about um, I don't know if you ever heard of Move they were in Philly um, and they do you ever hear this? Yeah, Move. I, this doesn't sound familiar Move, Move was like this back to nature group in Philly um, Ooh, sounds like my cup of tea. They they were back to nature. They were very like African based, and uh, they kind of lived in sort of like dilapidated kind of home and stuff. The sit they had problems with the city on and off. Um, sometime uh, like the eighties. I think yeah, I remember you talking about this before. Yeah, sometime like the eighties, yeah. the they got into a shootout with the oh, Philadelphia yeah, yeah, yeah. police, yeah. and they firebombed them. And, uh, you know, a lot of people went to jail. And there's this documentary. I'm I'm trying to remember what it was called. But two of the people who were involved in the shootout and the bombing, um, they were this guy's parents. And they had been locked up since the 80s. And, like, this documentary was about, like, his, like, 30-year quest to, like, get his parents out of prison. And then I was just like... You know, he he said something, you know, he said he saw his dad for the first time and he didn't know who he was, but they took him to see him. He was a kid. And and, uh, he said, uh, yeah, he said, I'm I'm your dad. And he's like, what? I have one of those? You know, Mm -hmm. how many people are going through things like that? How many, you know, I I understand that like people need punishment uh, when they when when they do things, but. I just, uh, it seems like one of those things that, like, when they look back in history, and like, that was completely inhumane the way that they handled those yeah. people. But even you were talking about communication. Yeah, there are means, but telecom is con- one of the things that's contracted out. You have to pay for time. You have to pay for, to get on the phone. You have to pay mm. to uh, get on the video, chat. Like, they yeah. all exist, but it's all for profit to an outside company. Wow. And so it's either the families that are that covered are past and paid for all that. Yeah, 
I mean, it's either the families or the prisoners that has has to pay for it. Um, and then there's also the idea, the fact of locations of prisons. Prisons are not like in Lancaster usually, where they're downtown, yeah. but they're usually off in the middle of nowhere, like yeah. some upstate area. So for someone who doesn't have a car, for someone who has, you know, uh, travel. Travel and, restrictions, like, like all of it. It's just like all of these things to get these ice to to turn these people into like lacking humanity, like just to make them just like a faceless thing, like yeah. like yeah. getting rid of their humanity in like every possible way. Even without that, though, like telecom is not connection based. Mm-hmm. It's and you can't nothing. touch even when you are. Like visiting, yeah. It's like so separate, and really, I'm sure makes you feel. It'd be very curious on like suicide rates for inmates. I'm sure that they're extremely astronomical. It's not even to mention the child correctional facilities that exist, of which there are 1,700. Who chose this topic? 1,700 (laughs) child correctional facilities. God. So is that does that function? Do do they function like prisons, or do they function as like boarding type? No, schools? more like prisons. I've been to the one in Lancaster okay. a bunch of times. It's like a so you're in a cell. No, yeah, they sleep in cells. Yeah. Do you get to roam? I don't know how. It no. Works. Okay, so the, the in Lancaster it's called the Youth Intervention Center, hmm. and it's a two. <laughs> well, don't you a, think an intervention center would be something not a prison well, and more like so it's both <laughs> a, a um, mental health intervention center or it, an addiction intervention both. center? It's uh, split into two. So there's kids who are there because they are homeless for usually for mm. uh, like foster like they're in between foster homes or whatever and they're they're supposed to be short term but they aren't always and then there's the detention side which is it's it's free-ish like it's a small group of kids usually I think they can only have like up to six or ten um and they do get to interact with each other, but it's very, but it's like you've seen, like, I don't know if you've seen Orange is the New Black or anything, but like yeah. something like that, where it's like, yeah, they can interact and whatever, but like, it's, they sleep in cells. They sleep in like, that's <laughs> awful. They sleep on like these gym pads. My God. Like that they have to drag in and out of their cell every night. Um, and they get like a blanket and a vinyl pillow and how unhuman yeah. do you feel? So that's what I'm saying. Like, and these are kids, like the youngest kids is have like no future. 13. Yeah. Unless you have the strongest mental resilience. Oh yeah. Which the is... percentage of those kids are. Exactly. And you shouldn't and have to have go to adult either. prison and they're yep. going to like whatever. So it's just, that's not even, that's not even adult. That's kids. So what's what do you think the percentage of? I wonder what the breakdown of is what people are in prison for. Oh, yeah, I mean like uh, murder, <laughs> drugs, blah blah blah. That'd be perfect because we're the most imprisoned country I think in the world per capita. Are we number one? I There's... think we're number one. I think so. Pretty I'm sure. Surprised. I mean, you know, because I mean, a lot of countries look at drugs differently than we do. Coming over here, I was thinking about that. You know, I was. Thinking about what is the cor- what is the correspondence between the criminality here and the levels of uh, uh, marketing? 
Because I think that marketing fuels criminality. Like, because Ooh. you start to see, like, there's people and they're like, oh, I want that. And then they're like, well, you're not going to get it doing that. Yep. And then they're like, well, I can go into the street and do something. Yep. Or, I, you know, uh, maybe I should fight that guy. Or you could shoot him like you just saw <laughs> on that show. And it's also you know, it's like, the poverty-stricken system. You know, if you're born into poverty, you are so much less likely to be able to get out of it. One, because of accessibility to health care, to college understanding, to getting a job out of your area, to moving out, even having... The fact that I had the opportunity to move to a different state is crazy. It's the example I, sh- I say about this all the time. In Baltimore... They can't even get people. They can't, they don't have heat in schools. They're going in jackets. In in Ephrata, you get to come home with a with an iPad. Yeah. So like, think about that. Like you're growing up in a place where you're supposed to be getting an education, which I'm sure the education that from one from one place to the other is already different. I think Baltimore is like the worst county in education. And then you go to school and you stay in a place where they're not even willing to give you heat. So what does that make you how, you, how you think people perceive you? As a little kid, you're like, okay, these people don't even give two shits about me enough to give me heat. And people talk online, and they're like, I know this place in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. They're going home with iPads. Yep. You know? Oh, and it's like, like so that gives you a complex as a kid already at a young age. Like, you know, you're like, you're already thinking that, that you're work. You know, I would imagine. I don't want to put where I guess I don't know I think kids luckily depending on the age don't even realize that it's like I hope so crazy until I mean the education system how it's completely unregulated from state to state county to county town to town is is bananas to me like I want to see where every dollar went the standards are just so low I wonder if you can like that's crazy like the, the, it's just pissed. Like it, there's a lot of. I mean, there's how, a lot of political corruption there. Well, yeah. I mean, but like more than other places. <laughs> not the regular kind. No, <laughs> the, it's, the they, kind. they had a mayor who got arrested for corruption, then a different mayor, yeah. and then that mayor got elected again. Including, and that doesn't the, it's the police. Crazy. The police chiefs. Oh yeah, the are even worse than the mayors. Yeah, Baltimore is a pet peeve. Is a that's like this passion point of mine. This one. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say this one case I was researching um, who it was someone who got wrongfully convicted and was on death row. They were convicted by this the Chicago police commander John Berg and Oh, yeah, he got fired. Uh, yeah, and there was he he would beat confessions out of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This person was handcuffed to a chair, kicked, beat and suffocated with a plastic typewriter cover until he blacked out. That's good police work, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how you do it. What's wrong with that? This was in <laughs> He's just playing bad cop. You know, the good in, cop was going to come in with a bottle of water. He later. was pardoned in 2003. This was only like 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This happens all the time. I mean, yeah. like, like, it's no. It's, I mean, that's the story you hear about. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, but no matter, no matter how much it's just like, people will confess to things they didn't do under duress. Like, we know that. It's a fact, it's 100% true. And yet, we still allow these like confessions to take place, and still allow them in court. It's like, I don't. It's true. Like it's a fact. It's yeah. not debatable. It's true. So it's like, I don't know. I like. It's, it's all set up for, like, 
I don't even know. Like, who is even making money off of this? Like, the companies that provide the food? Like, I don't even know. Like, it's so weird that we, like... I mean, where's the money going? Like I said, give me some blockchain. Give me some, like, blockchain that tracks every cent that goes somewhere. And it's time-stamped, and it says where it goes to. And I can look it up, and they can say... and, And nobody... And we all can look it up. And there's nobody can change that shit, and nobody can make it make it where they they're hiding money or whatever. And then we can just all hold them accountable. It's the tax returns, well, right? Hmm. When was the tax first... returns of what people? Of well, the sorry. companies. Yeah, but ta- I mean, what do you do with Amazon? They don't pay no taxes. You cry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Actually, 2017, they got one hundred twenty-nine million dollars return. I, I guess with the, the jail system, it's just people think that it's like that justice thing. Like, yeah. you know, like you did something bad, you have to you have to get punished for it. But but and then I think of the people that live in D.C. How many other people are corrupt? And so we have the people that are well, creating yeah. laws that are corrupt and breaking the law to imprison people that break laws. Yeah. And then the, the police are also correct. If we think about the justice thing as, you know, properly punishing a person, I guess what you're saying about retribution mm-hmm. kind of goes to, like, a revenge sort mm-hmm. of thing. And, yeah, I don't... I mean, in this place, like, that... Retribution is not what this place really wants. I think that that's that's a lot of, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of like uh, friends and people you know they're always talking about Black Lives Matter and they're like, well, you know, they they're doing this. And but what I'm really hearing is is like, <laughs> oh to be like, you 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 don't want black people to organize because you believe some sense of retribution is going to be handed out Mm. you know like you think that this is going to be like this but if that were going to be the case that probably would have happened a really long time ago Mm. (laughs) i mean like it's not like you know and in in some cases it did there were uh, revolts and things like that Mm -hmm. that happened but it was like uh, we have to figure out how to you know, get justice, but still be able to live together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I don't... Uh, Ju- I mean, justice just means so many things to different people. It does. People. It really does. And also, I think if we're talking mm-hmm. retribution or revenge or however you want to word it, I think there's some self-analyzing that needs to happen. Why do you feel like you need this revenge? And what will this revenge give you? What mm-hmm. will it give you... With a that person dying, just an eye for an eye. Is that how you're gonna see it? And then your life is peachy keen again. Most most people most families of murder victims do not want to see the murderer. Um, but because to as humans, we don't want to see another person die. It's you natural within us. Die. Yeah. I think it's also easy though to say all these things because thankfully, I mean. I, you know, in our family, we've never had anybody murdered that I'm aware yeah. of. So it's also, we're kind of looking from the perspective of... Privilege. Of, hey, this has never happened to us. I, I mean, I can't, I'm trying to, I'm assuming I'm putting myself in that 
position that I can look at it from that way. But I don't know. Yeah. It's, but whether or not the person decides, it's not like people no, are but, just passionate about whatever. Like mm-hmm. you're going to be, so there has to be. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's a person, but it's just like, what's, what does the most good in the world? Oh, I, I don't think emotionally compromised people care. Like they're just, you know, but then again, you said a lot of the people, because I think really it's the, that's one, that's one of those things you can make a, a, a broad generalization about and be like, well, people, you know, who, uh, families of people who get killed that they probably want, they, they need some kind of retribution. They need some kind of, and that's, that doesn't, that's definitely most likely not true. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah. I, I, but it's also just is putting someone to death worth that person not being guilty. Like, yeah. if we just right. eliminated the whole system, no one would ever get put to death who didn't commit a crime. Right. Yeah. Like they just wouldn't. Like that would never ever happen again. Like, is that not worth eliminating the entire system for? Uh, statistic, since 1973, 138 people have been released from death row throughout the country due to evidence of their wrongful conviction, which makes up 14% of people who were convicted. Yeah. 14%! Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, you know, new science, like DNA comes out, and then how many people Mm -hmm. are found... Or racist cops come out. Right. Or like a, but just a 14% error rate seems like a really good yeah. reason. Just I mean, to if I had a 14% a error rate in <laughs> think where about, I work. How, think about it in, all, in Baltimore, all those police chiefs that got canned because they were corrupt, how many people that they, they uh, put in a situation to make them look like they committed mm-hmm. some crime to cover their own ass? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about how many people are probably in prison because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just from that scenario. Yeah, exactly. And that happens in how many cities across the country? Yeah. I mean, if it got put to a vote, right? If they said, "Hey, everybody, we want you to vote on whether or not we should have the death penalty." Do you think it will win? Like, it went. Yeah, I was gonna say they have done that places. It's been that. so. It's been referendums. Public support for the death penalty is diminishing in the U.S. Roughly half the U.S. public now prefers life without parole over the death penalty as the best punishment for the crime of murder. At And also, as of December 2020, 142 countries um, were abolitionists in law or practice, and 54 still have it. So the majority of countries have gotten rid of the death penalty, and um, the countries that have the most executions overwhelming majority of all known executions took place in five countries china iran saudi arabia iraq and the u.s so i think it, china just executed somebody recently I'm sure they trump, did. trump executed like 12 oh. people on his last day or something <laughs> he executed he also pardoned murderers but hey yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly he executed um so in with since to from 1963 to 2001 no executions took place in the u.s from what 1963 to 2001. Oh. In 2001, there were two. In 2003, there were one. Then in 2020, there were 10. And 2021, right before Trump left, there were three. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. So oh, 16. So he, was, so he was in office during 13. Yes. yes. 13, of 13 out of 16. <laughs> that sounds consistent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah, that's... It's called I mean, the Grim Reaper. But it's like, what, you know... But if that if 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 there is that sentiment in the people that 
we don't want that anymore. I I wonder what is it a sociological reasoning for why it continues to exist? I think like more knowledgeable. Like, cause is it like, hey, kill somebody, you could get killed yourself. Like, is is it is that how it is that how it's being used in society? Because it's like I don't. I think think we are moving forward. Yeah, I think we are progressing in terms of human rights. Like, as much as we as we're like worried about like backsliding and whatever, I think we are like just getting better. You had mentioned cancel culture and like the way that the internet and like social media like really like limits people and kind of keeps you in your bubble but like if you want to see it there is so much happening in the world of people like moving forward and I think the way I always use this example because it's the one that astounds me the most but just the transgender non-binary the way we're dealing with gender now amongst like younger people is just so mind-blowing to me of how much we've progressed in the last like few years yes like the way that people just like teenagers feel comfortable being themselves in a way that they never would have been able to mm-hmm. the fact that that um why can't i think of her name the uh, wolf's the the, the the health uh health yeah well, she oh, Rachel for, Levine. She, Rachel yeah. Levine. Yeah, like Rachel Levine. Like, the, that. a uh, Rachel Levine existed in Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's she's crazy. in the, you know, the United States. I uh, think it does provide us with a lot more compassion, because one of these people, you know, obviously everything has its pros and cons, so I'd say that the pro is a lot of compassion, and one of the people who was... Um, put to death within the last few days of Trump pres- Trump's presidency, he, um, he was found guilty and he admitted it and he to this to that day was saying he was guilty however he had a daughter and they had finally built a relationship within the last 10 years and he was like I'm never gonna have a relationship with my daughter like every other father can because I made mistakes in my past I don't remember what he did I think he killed someone um but he was like don't take and her, his daughter was fighting for him, too. It was like, don't take this relationship away for now, 40 years later, I'm me being killed for something that I did. You know, like, I know I'm guilty and I'll do the time and I'll pay for it, but not like this, you know? And that gave me compassion for this man who maybe it did something really heinous, you know? Yeah, most people on death row are not, like, serial killers. It's not a lot of Jeffrey Dahmer's, Ed Gein's. It's not people like that. It's people who, like, effed up. Like, usually. Like, I mean, murder is not a a mess up, but, like, it's not usually people who are evil. It's people who, you know, regretful, whatever. The idea of, like, the sociopathic. What is, is like, what's the line where we say... Death row is where we, you know what I mean. Like, what is the offense that usually can you murder, do? Like, murder but, is the only thing, or violent sexual assault, violent assault. Yeah, um, war crimes. War a lot crimes. of places will have war crimes. The only reason yeah. I say that is because a lot of places, uh, countries that still have the death penalty, yeah. only have it for war crimes specifically, which is weird. And also, an interesting fact. Now I'm just spitting facts here, but there's like um, six people from Mexico that are on our death row, and Mexico eradicated the death death sentence years ago. How is that fair? Yeah, but I think I don't think you want to be in prison in Mexico. 
because like well, the yeah, prison you don't want to be in prison here. Well, no, <laughs> like, prison yeah, here well, is I, I, bad. I'd rather be here than in Mexico. Well, yeah, because there's a lot of countries in where you're in prison, and the only way you eat is if your family brings you food. Yeah, you know, there's a lot, I, and I'm not disagreeing with the conditions here, yeah. but I think we, you know, there's places that you know you got drug cartels in Mexico. Yeah, and you but got you drug cartels here, but like, is, it, you know, yeah, I mean, I think it's a little different scenario but like it's crazy to me you think about this Hudan Hussein president of another country or leader of another country we determined that he was a warm criminal went took him from his country brought him here and, and killed him yeah I mean that's because the country allowed the it though What's you that? have to get approval from the country what because Iraq allowed it yeah because and if and a lot of places if they want to keep a good relationship. I mean, what they do, go around to the, like, send an email out and say, hey, you guys cool? <laughs> no, there is a call. Like, a guy from the Holocaust who was a Nazi, uh, he was a Nazi, and he was, like, 95 years old, living in the South. He just got sent back to Germany yeah, to I I saw that. go to prison. It's like, the U.S. allowed this to happen, and Germany allowed this to happen. I think they happen. pick and choose, though. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. But they pick and choose everything. Because <laughs> yeah. there was also a Nazi that ran NASA. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Warner Von Braun. So, I mean, like, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's definitely a pick and choose. Everything is gray. Everything is, I'm not going to say awful, but I almost did. (laughs) Like, it would be interesting to me, like, I'd like to see how that played out with, like, Saddam Hussein. Like, how did they, like, how did they knock on people's door and, like, hey, listen, you know, hold up a sign, one for kill and two for, like, hey, keep them here. You know what I mean? Like, how does that work? Like, uh, I mean, if you went around to here... How many people be like, yeah, take Trump. It's cool. You know what I mean? Like, you know, how's that work? And I think that that's the reason why you always have people who are, you know, theorizing about how people conspire to do things in the world. Because things, you take a look at certain things and then they don't add up. And then you're like, well, what what are some ways? You know, and... I, you know, I, I see a bunch of people now who are just kind of like, it's almost as if they're not, that that they don't do that. That they don't have mm. their own kinds of thoughts about like how certain things happen. And it's like, that's always going to happen because we, we just really don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, we... we we, it'd be nice if we had an open uh, communication with the most uh, powerful people in our societies and to see how things work. But, you know, there's there are things happening all the time that are simply social engineering th- uh, concepts, you know, something that, you know, uh, some, some, some think tank thought up, you know? And it's like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, but I think there is some bias to believing things that, face value too like i think i think people who just like believe stuff whether it's true like i feel like sometimes i I don't feel attacked i I feel fine about my life i don't feel like i'm generally attacked but like to be called like a sheep because i believe 
that wearing a mask and getting a vaccine is good. Yeah. Like, like it goes both directions. Absolutely. And I don't, it does, it's not something that normally bothers me, but where I think it, it becomes an issue is like in the last administration where it was weaponized, mm-hmm. where, where all of a sudden the people who didn't have a lot of opinions or didn't do a lot of their own research or thoughts on things, they, they glommed on to this, this cult, personality big Trump guy and they were like oh whatever he says is true so even though the truth was like so blatant like people were just like Trump only cares about himself and he's corrupt and he only cares about money and he is not going to drain the swamp and you know he is he is not out for your best interests like that was plain for like so many people more than half the country who didn't vote for him like so obvious but then like this these people who who like him are just like nope that's fake news and if you don't believe it then you're a sheep that's that's yeah it's just like so it's it's fine to like have this discourse this is great but like there are people who if if they were sitting in either opposite end they would just be like no you're wrong no you're wrong no, you're wrong. Like, people are like that. Like, well, they just believe what they want to believe to a dangerous extent. And I see that. I mean, it's very... Uh, um, it's similar to uh, a religious type of uh Oh, it's very thing. similar to a there's, religious there's type of thing. people, and they have... I remember my dad always used to say, he said, there's, all, <laughs> there's as many religions as there are people. Mm-hmm. Because... People have their own cookie cutter belief systems and things when it comes to spirituality, but it's not. It doesn't just end there, you know. It, it's it's about a person's outlook on life. For me to say that I completely understand somebody else's outlook is just it's just ludicrous because it's like I've had a particular life, mm-hmm. and the thoughts that I have have been formed by the different evidences of you know the different things that have happened in life like like anyone else you know but it's you know i just don't i i just don't want to see a situation happen where people become dis- disposable because of their ideology like that's that that's the i feel like for the last hmm. since trump i feel like i've been trying to bring people together and being kind of looked at crooked by both sides, like they're just like, what? Like I'm just like, well, what about you know? There's there's good people over there. No, no, they're stupid. They're sheep. Well, no, no <laughs> there's, there's good people over there. Oh uh, no, they're all white supremacists. They are. And I'm just like, well, there's a middle here. <laughs> there's there's a place where people, like you said, it's gray. There's this gray area where people actually exist, and then they're. I feel like people are being manipulated by these extreme sides. Mm-hmm. Like the the extreme sides are similar. They function almost as religions, you know, like mm-hmm. they they constitute an entire uh, an entire outlook on life. And it's what happens is I think people when you start to stray from one side, there's a lot of people who are like politically marooned right now. Like they don't mm-hmm. really know where they belong politically, mm-hmm. but it's like when you start to stray from a side that can affect your standing in your community. Yeah. That can it, 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 at, your it, job. at your job <laughs> anywhere. Like it can, it, it can, and that I think people fear that um, the sociological 
part of that where they're like, I don't want to like, I guess that's what they call virtue signaling. You know, when you were saying like, I'll say certain things almost as a code word to let pe- other people on my side, so to speak, know that I'm on their side. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that on both sides mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. I didn't and, talk, I didn't talk at my job for like the first month to people because <laughs> like I was nervous because like obviously I have a different view on th- on mo- especially this area because mm-hmm. it's a very it's a conservative area in general but like I didn't have like I was I was a little worried because like yeah. I'm kind of strong like somebody says something and I'm kind of like strong opinionated about how I feel about it and usually what happens to me is I'm opposed to both sides. There's, you know, I have problems with both sides of, of the situation. And then, you know, and I just pretty much kept to myself. And that's how, like, I am normally, I kind of observe. I observe people over that first month. I kind of see, kind of see how, feel things out. And then, and I, I had a conversation with the kid, the kid at work this week. And like I said, I don't know why I keep calling him kid, but. <laughs> He's younger. I had, a, He's had like... a conversation with my boss this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> About that whole thing, he's like, well, "What was your perception of me when I when I when you first started here?" Because, and I'm like, "Well, you know, we had this conversation about um, how I how I am, and I think he's we have similar traits, and like he's the same way. He's like, well, when you first came here, you were quiet and you didn't really say nothing, and it was like, you know, you're older. I didn't know how to feel about that. Like, I'm the boss, and you're you know, you're the old guy coming in, and I'm like, you know, I was like, yeah, and and I was like, well, I didn't really want to talk to anybody because of like the whole Trump thing. And at that point, when I first started there, we were getting close to the election. Yeah. So it was like mm-hmm. main, like hyper, everything was like, everybody's freaking Everything was politically sensitive. Oh, everything was so crazy. And I was just like, I was just trying to like mind my business, do my thing and like, you know, whatever. And he's like, no, I get it. And he's like, and plus it's a Mennonite place, so they're very religious. On top of all, on top of all the politics stuff, yeah. which obviously you know I'm a little different on that scenario too. So like I had kind of just kept my didn't say anything and just kind of kept kept to myself. And then after you know a month or so, I kind of felt everything out and realized who I probably could have conversations <laughs> with that would at least have conversations with me, yeah. and who were just so far set in their ways that. It, didn't matter what they you say to them, it was like whatever. But then what happened was Bitcoin happened. Like all of a sudden, Bitcoin <laughs> started going crazy, crazy. Right? I'm, I take my laptop into into work one day, and like I start doing research and I'm trading Bitcoin while I'm at, on break time. They're like, "What are you doing?" Like, I'm like, "I'm trading Bitcoin." You know what? What do you mean? What, what? All of a sudden, like seven people were having we're having meetings at break time. <laughs> About Bitcoin strategy. Hold on. All of a sudden, I'm you got like, to charge for that. I know, right? So now they're all into Bitcoin some way, somehow. I'm just like, all right. So this is a little different than I'm not used to like that, like that kind of thing happening. Because usually after I talk to some, but there's like that that month of silence where I don't talk to nobody, and then I have conversations with somebody, and like they usually don't like my point of view, and then I'm like, I have one friend. That's pretty much how it goes. But I think that that's a beautiful thing because it's like that shows, and and this is what I've been trying to say all along, people's political views, people have always had different political views, but we need to still have the... Common ground. We have to be able to find common ground because if we don't, 
this situation here is like ready to explode, and it's more and more evident all the time. There's, there's, it's like I said, it's people going in these different directions, and it's like if we don't find some sort of commonality here, there's going to be some serious issues. Like, not that there aren't already, mm-hmm. but we, you know, we have to figure out how do we bring this together. How do I accept you? Even though you don't hold the same, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's like I said, similar to, to how it is in religion, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, my buddy, he was going through something, uh, and, you know, he was just saying that, you know, now he thinks that, you know, uh, Christianity is the only way. And I was just like, that's very exclusive because you live on a planet full of people who have millions of different, you know, you can't just say, well, you can. You can say whatever you want. But if you don't don't try to elevate yourself because you say, well, this is what I believe. And because it's what I believe, it has to be the best thing. Mm. It's like we have to be able to, you know, when we talk and, and we, tr- you know, I've, uh, you know, even though like quite, you know, we understand we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things in our discourse we can learn from each other Mm. and that's 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 i think that that's really what people have to really understand like these people have they're still valuable even though we don't have the same outlook Mm -hmm. so how do you deal with someone who has such like so i feel like i have deal breaker issues right like where i can get along with people if we don't agree on everything Mm -hmm. but there are certain things like you said you have people who tell you that they don't think Black Lives Matter is legitimate. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Because if someone said that to me, that would be a big fight. If that was someone I thought was worth having a fight with. Uh, I mean, I've... I, I, I think what, uh, what I had to do is I had to realize that... Well, in my mind, um, I don't always know how to frame Black Lives Matter because I mean it's it's a situation where it's like when when Black Lives Matter started showing up on Nike shirts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like alright is this the co-op mm-hmm. like are you is it I'm always looking for the commercialization of things like mm-hmm. I do like you know I do like hip hop music and I pride myself on being very uh, traditional and uh, uh, trying to evoke the spirit and the culture of it. And I've always seen that there's a commercial element. There's the, the When the money comes in, mm-hmm. then certain agendas are pushed and the spiritual core of the thing seems to die. That seems to happen mm-hmm. in most grassroots movements mm-hmm. they get infiltrated by people Pride flag on everything yeah you know they, they, they get infiltrated by people and then they the, the money gets in the way and then next thing you know it burns out because it lost what it was about mm-hmm. so with that a situation like that my heart and my soul will always be with the people uh you know who who are with black lives matter the the uh, with the people but I always wonder, can this be taken over and can it 
be used to have a divisive nature. I think... Because I think when Black Lives Matter ended up on Nike, um, that was when Colin Kaepernick, I think, partnered with Nike. And he had gotten let go from the NFL for kneeling during the national anthem. And to me, I have so much sympathy for for these types of situations because it's like he lost his finances. He lost his revenue. He and lost so, millions of dollars. So now he's going through this other outlet. He's doing something he loves, and he's advocating for it and making money from it. And I think in the system we live now, we have to understand that that people are, have to make money to survive. Yeah. And if that means that they have to partner with someone and they are advocating for what they love, and it it may not come off as super genuine, but it's genuine to them, and they're making money from it. Yeah. It's also Nike now, like, again, I totally understand your commercialization yeah. of things. Like, I really hate, it It started for me, like, a long, a, a few years ago with the whole, like, pink ribbon on everything. Yeah. Where it's just, like, you absolutely know that money is not going to breast cancer research, just somebody selling you something with the pink ribbon on it. Yeah. Like, but you're right with this. It's, like, when these companies, like, we're at a point now where companies don't get to be neutral, like you make a lot of people are making yes. decisions based on, you know, the political stance of that company. I can give you a big long list of places I don't go and things I don't buy because they supported things I didn't believe in or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's like for them to at least take this the proper stand, like at least take the stand that like was in solidarity with yeah. with people who were hurting. Like, that's what it boils down to. Is like, it's hard to separate the commercialism. Are they trying to make money? But it also, is. they're losing money. There's a that's lot true. of people that's who true. are like... People I'm burst not going to buy Yankees anymore. Nikes that they had already paid money for because people are... When you're, paying, yeah. when, you're paying little, when you're paying little children pennies on the exactly. dollar to make yeah, the but shirt... That's, but that's everybody's but, buying. Everything I'm wearing now is made by small hands in China. I'm sure of it. Yeah, so well, like, that's the thing. Yeah, it's, it's, but, <sighs> okay, yours was made in like 1923. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it wasn't in China because there's a lot of production yeah, it was in the US. USA. <laughs> yeah. So I'm good. But yeah, I, but I, like I said, I, I have I do talk to people who, who uh, you know, our buddy, uh, you know, Mike, he, yeah. he, he's been on here. And... I remember one day we were going to play basketball together and we were driving and uh, uh, out on these back roads there was like this big barn and it like it had a Biden like thing it had Black Lives Matter stuff and uh, Martin Luther King like different stuff and then so we're we're on our way there and uh, Mike's like he's like those are those people with the messed up minds you know and i was like (laughs) and mind you this is a man who is uh very very compassionate very Mm -hmm. kind very you know i I, he's i have some very great very good talks with him but he I, i tried to explain it to him i said well mike those seem to be some of the only people who are like understanding kind of the situation that i i come from and he, I think a lot of that has to do with people not actually knowing people who are 
you know, there's a lot of people who just don't know any black people. I grew up around a lot of people who, like, I was the black person they know, you know. Like, but I it was sucks very... that black people are forced to take, like, the brunt of educating white people. Yeah. It, it sucks, but it's the reality. It is, I mean, it's, it's, I, I understand that um, it, it's not always flattering. And first of all, I don't, I've never been one to blame the entirety of white people on the actions of some white people you know I, I from what i've always the way i've always seen racism um it's more of a, a power structure there's you know mm-hmm. uh, there's not really um a lot of people who hold racial bias don't have enough power to be racist that's what i mean like, you don't have enough power to enact something that could affect all black people. But it could like affect you, one person, and that's, which and is just it could. bad enough. I but th- I also see, like, Black Lives Matter, people saying that Black Lives Matter is not worthwhile, is not real, is not whatever, all lives matter. They're denying that power structure. They're they saying do. that doesn't exist. They They're not saying do. racism doesn't exist. They're saying, like, yeah, there are racist people. The Ku Klux Klan still does their thing. But you have just as much of an even ground starting out as everyone else. Like, yeah. denying that is just, like, mind so mind It's mind-boggling. And, and it's willful. Yeah. It is. It's willful. And that's what I have such a hard time with, is just when people are just like, well, it doesn't affect me, so I don't know why it bothers you. Yeah, like just that thing, that attitude is just it's, sickening it's, to me. It's interesting, you know. The, and the thing that I ended up saying to Mike, I remember I got home and it, like he had kind of like we had a very civil conversation, but mm-hmm. he pissed me off. Like, <laughs> like, I, like, I, like, I, like it was. I remember that. Quote and I was like, I was just kind of like mad, and I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna pull some shit up, and he's not gonna be able to deny this. So what I did was, uh, I I sent him a, a picture of a lynching. And oh, I remember. I, and I don't. And that's kind of uh, even when I say that it's sort of extreme. But it's like <laughs> I sent him a picture of a lynching because I kind of uh, and I explained to him. I said, Mike, this happened sometime in like nineteen twenty something like this. And I was like, my grandfather was born mm-hmm. in eighteen ninety six. He was born. During the 1890s, there were more lynchings in this country than any other decade. So my grandfather was born in that. And my grandfather was like a 20-some-year-old man when that happened. When this thing right here happened. I said, so you, you, you're trying to say that these things are like far in the past and fixed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in my family, we're talking about two generations of people. Yeah. And I think... And he's he's a knowledgeable person. Yeah. So when you can, I think, talk to someone like that without... Because I think a lot of it is, is like, it's hard to not get emotional and vilify the person mm-hmm. for their ignorance. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've tried to work on is understanding my own personal ignorance. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it is surely there and I've surely tried to cover it up at times mm-hmm. and then felt stupid later. I was like, man, I shouldn't have did that. <laughs> like, so I think if you can if you can not become emotionally compromised and present things to them and and make them Ha- like, if you have value in their eyes, and I believe I have value in Mike's eyes, 
then the things that I'm saying, maybe they'll go and explore those things, and then maybe that's how... Because how, otherwise, I don't know how else it can happen. Um, I just don't... I don't see how we'll ever be able to come together. Yeah. You know, race is one of those things. It's extremely divisive. And, you know, I get it because it's like it's it's the introduction of something that doesn't necessarily exist. You know, race is a, you know, it's a created concept. It's, you know, in it didn't even exist in America until like the like early like Mm -hmm. 1800s like like not anywhere in the law did it even exist so it's like people it it become things happen in society and they become ubiquitous you know all of a sudden it's like this is just the way things are so now it's regular for you to be like that's a black guy that's a white guy Mm -hmm. it's a complete misnomer it doesn't even really exist but it exists uh it's it exists in uh it's kind of like what they call like a like a legal fiction like it's it, it exists in the minds of people in the society and that's why it's hard you know it's you know people want to believe that whatever they are is the best mm. <laughs> you know they're like mm-hmm. so then they start looking for information they get their confirmation bias and they're like mm-hmm. yeah, but you can do that on the black side too cuz i listen to a lot of people in like the african consciousness community when i was younger and when, like, they would say some wild shit about, like, all, like, white people and shit. And I was like, that's not true. Like, you can't, like, say that. Like, and so, it's, like I said, it's it's one of those things where uh, I, I'm glad that, you know, there's people of all races now who can, well, I don't even think races are real. But <laughs> I'm glad that people of different ethnicities can now see what's kind of happened here with African people mm-hmm. and you know I'm glad that, like you guys have uh you know you're very well you know when you come across that kind of stuff in uh the prison system and things like that it starts to you know become more real mm-hmm. and and uh, absolutely you know I appreciate it when people it, it causes more compassion you know and I, like that's awesome about you guys. Like, that's that's really cool. What was it that actually got you guys to start thinking about the death penalty? Was it? Uh, was we it... were just brainstorming over drinks. <laughs> yeah, we were <laughs> trying to figure it out. And... I'm trying to come up with some stuff. Yeah, and what? I was trying not to avoid hot topics between my father and I. <laughs> she was trying to come up with something where we could talk about on opposite ends or yeah, differing like opinions a debate. without it turning into. Talking about the Some vaccine. We didn't talking, cry. Yeah, but that's the thing. Without it yeah. turning into not talking to each other for a week. Yeah. But that's, yeah. But that's the goal. thing. I think you guys, you, that was, that's an awesome, like, thing. But at the same time, it's like, I think we're going to eventually, like, and I understand because I have those kinds of conversations with my dad. And, like, I don't talk to him for a while and stuff like But th- when we have those, those harder conversations. I feel like that's when the real transference of ideas happens. Mm-hmm. Because then it's not just this echo chamber of, well, I mean, death penalty, you know, <laughs> he wasn't going to be like, oh, I think you should just put everybody there. 
But at the same time... I mean, you just say everyone in Congress should burn to a crisp. That was a little extreme. <laughs> I've just said that a couple times. But, uh, yeah, it's, that's that's really cool, though. Like, uh, I mean, because I've been thinking about prison a lot lately for some reason. Um, just because it's it, it does seem like... Uh, there's incentive to put people in cells mm-hmm. that's going to continue and it doesn't seem like it's slowing down. Yeah. So, you know, people will be criminalized for things that, I mean, it, what is a criminal? Yeah. yeah. I think it's an extension of uh, um, abolish the police too. Like the okay. idea of abolish the police isn't really just like get rid of all law. We want lawlessness. It's just <laughs> replace the police okay. with with better resources. Yeah. Like like reallocate um, the money and and the services that we have. And I think that's the, goes the same for prison. Like once if that were to happen with the police, it would extend to the prison system. Instead of locking people up, you'd get them help. Yeah. I mean, substance use disorder is the same exact thing, where it's like you put people in prison instead of getting them treatment. Like, if we could just realize that people are suffering and the mm-hmm. way to deal with it isn't to just, like, lock them up Absolutely. and to actually just, like, help them and, like, rehabilitate. Like, rehabilitation is possible. Like, I believe that but it's also just proven like people rehabilitate people get off of drugs people you know go years without doing drugs and whatever so i was just looking up the lancaster city police budget um they make up 40 42 percent of the overall city budget and they were allocated twenty five million seven hundred and seventy five thousand three hundred and sixty dollars in 2020 of taxpayer dollars and just so that's 42%. Almost half of the Lancaster city budget goes towards police. Yeah. I think in uh, I think but, it's somewhere in Denmark or Sweden, I think it was, they decriminalized all drugs. Yeah. Took all the money that they spent on fighting drugs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then and then invested in uh, in what you guys are saying. Yeah. Like help basically prevent like, prevention instead yes. of reaction. It's and like, like is it I, I can't remember. I, I listened to a podcast where they talked about it. This was a couple of years ago. I think it was Sweden. I'm I, not sure. And uh, and it was like tremendously helped, uh, you know, the whole situation. Helped Colorado when they, they just legalized uh, I think mushrooms didn't and Washington weed. Didn't Washington decriminalize all drugs? Washington State. Oh, I yeah. think I, I heard that. What was that? Seattle. Like, I, think Seattle. I don't think all drugs. I think it's just... No, I... I All think drugs? I think so. I was think I mean decriminalizing. Was it Oregon? It was some. It was one of those up. Western. Yeah. High, like Oregon. Yeah. Oregon. Decriminalized all drugs. All drugs. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, Possession that's of hard well. drugs. Yeah. But it's just like yeah, like nobody's. It's not like it's not like the people who are like recreationally doing coke are like ever gonna get busted for that. Like it's just not gonna happen. As it doesn't happen as much as you know more prevalent drugs. It's just like so. Why criminalize well, it? Why spend the money? How much? Like and also that's a more expensive drug. So that well, yeah. So it's, it's like a, a lot of like rich people true. and like white people. white people. But like that's the thing. Like it's, so then, what does that leave? It leaves heroin, which is right. just like people are killing themselves. Well, heroin is just from drug from getting prescribed some type of of opiate, right? Opiate. Yeah, usually. At the doctor and then getting hooked on it and then 
not having enough money to afford that and then buying heroin. Yeah, right. right. So it's just like, yeah, yeah. It's so what's meth? Meth is. It's methamphetamine. It's like yeah. is that cheaper than heroin? I'm coming. Yes. No. I think it's One, the they have different effects. Heroin is a downer. Meth is an upper. Okay. It's and, a stimulant versus a. Yeah. It's like a work type. Like I know a lot of people who, like, when I, mean, I was growing up, Adderall like leads yeah. to meth a lot of times. Yeah. It's like it's Adderall similar. leads to meth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's, when I was growing up, there was a lot of people who got hooked on pills, and then. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember they used to like carry around like pill crushers mm-hmm. and stuff, and they'd just be like, "All a lot of my friends were druggies, and like then that became coke and like alcohol, and eventually like they were like, "All right, this is heroin now," and now mm-hmm. like a lot of them like have been like on meth mm-hmm. and. It, I it's mean, like whatever you can get your hands yeah. on in the Once you're environment. Yeah, it's uh, in a, it, but I think even addiction, uh, people don't think about the sociological reasonings for addiction. Uh-huh. Why do you? Why? Why is there a? Why is the world a place where people feel like they need to escape it? Uh-huh. And that's the real like issue. I think at the heart of all of this is like. That's why politics, they don't, I, I don't, I've never really been big on politics because I've always looked at things, I love history, so I like looking at things in terms of civilization, you know, and you see all of the, all of the uh, civilizations that have existed before, they had their politics and they thought they had this groundwork for how they were going to continue on into the future and now they're entire civilization is just a ruin and a tourist mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. so it's like yeah yeah so Falsium. so the reality of it is, is like we uh, civilizationally i don't know if this is going to work <laughs> I, I, I know we're gonna blow up the planet sooner than i we're mean able to i just don't know i just and that's that's all that's a sad i mean it, it takes on new meaning, you know, when you have children. Yeah. Because you're like... Sometimes I look at my kids, I'm like, what kind of shit did I bring you into? Mm-hmm. What are you going to live through? Yeah, How- like, what are you going to see in your life? Like, you're going to see potentially... <laughs> uh, human dog splices or something <laughs> walking down the street. <laughs> like, you're gonna, you might see That's something... That's the first place you're I know. That's exactly the first place it goes. Because I'm like, you're going to see things that are, were inconceivable to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, We've the science is just like... It, the internet happened in our lifetime. Like, that always it's makes weird. me crazy. The internet and to, phones. You got computers in your pocket. Yeah. Like, but, like, phones the, existed when I was born. But, like, the internet yeah, is just, like... The you, mobile this phone. Thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Tiny computers, yeah. yeah. And I remember when they used to have dial-up. And you have to, and they made all them sounds before you mm-hmm. and it took over your phone line. Sage was, Sage was like, like two. you know, like I remember I that kind of stuff. I forgot her first computer. That was mm-hmm. wild. Oh, I remember where it was in the house. Yeah, setting up in between the bedroom yeah. and the front door. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I see if you know. I just hope human I, dog splices. Human dog splices are <laughs> coming. That's going to be like. <laughs> And then they're gonna have like a pronoun. Like that's the that's the thing about it. Like yeah. this, and then people will be like, Well, you 
you you didn't use the right pronoun for that dog human spice soap. <laughs> and we will try to be compassionate and understanding and say, you know what, we you're will. right. We'll try. You're right. Gonna, we we gotta use the right one. Everyone is gonna have their line. You we'll know, just get gonna, rid of pronouns, hopefully. I hope I hope mm. well, you know that that you know, I just I don't know. I see that I think that there's gonna be a time where uh the in, we have so many civilizational issues that they can't like prison for example is a huge example of a civilizational problem that's not even a country problem Mm -hmm. that's a way that we do things as humans problem Mm -hmm. like within the civilized world because there's definitely people outside of this world who don't know any of this is going on Mm -hmm. but within what we call the civilized world we have civilizational issues and i don't necessarily know if we have the uh, ability to change them around or fix it i just don't know i, I and i and i and I, that saddens me yeah, I, yeah. that it well, gives the, me no you know uh, it's it's saddening to think well, the scary part is is where is we're more connected to other countries so we're all kind of yeah. connected so if one domino falls it's very possible that all the dominoes fall mm-hmm. yeah like it could be a very easily could be a, an economic thing that you know, it's like Europe is closing down right now because they're having their third wave. Well, guess what? Our economics, because we're intertwined so much, everything like that's I affected so much by everything. You we know? get boxes made, and I don't know where they get made, but it goes for produce to pack produce, which is essential to mm-hmm. sell to have food, yeah. and. The box lead just changed from four weeks to 16 weeks because of how long it takes. Our season's over in 16 weeks. I mean, that's like detrimental to farmers. Well, and it, you think it's so basic. And it, who would think about boxes being made, about the paper supply? Ford had to shut down their supply. They had to shut down their, their one factory. They can't get computer chips for the cars. My God. So... There's yeah. a sh- there's a huge computer chip shortage because of all these things going on. And it's not We're just so that. so intricate. Everything's so intricate. It's all connected. So like, you know, like I said, it can just be one domino, and maybe Corona may be that domino. <laughs> you know that it may have just kind of lit the match a little bit, and then the things fall after that. You know, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, and that's when like. Uh, I hear people say nationalism. What 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 did what would Trump always say? Not nationalism. What did he call nationalism. it? Nationalism. Was it nationalism? Yeah. It's like you're not. You can't. There's no. That's not happening. Are we talking about globalism? Globalism. Like he was anti-globalist, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like that's. It's never gonna. You're never gonna fight that. That's. I mean, we're so. It, you know <laughs> what I mean? Globalism. Yeah. You know, you, you, it's it's done deal long ago. But that was part of I think a lot of. You know, even a lot of people who voted for him, they thought about. Yeah. I mean, because it does seem like it's a global phenomenon, uh, and they were like, "Oh, well, we wanna, we don't want to be on the side of that." And uh, it's 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 such an interesting time to live. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy, man. There could be some country that you never even heard, like I never even heard of, that could start something, right? Could come out of some lab in somewhere. You never know. You don't know. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I think um, it's so getting to my just, bedtime. Just yeah. let me. I'm Past about it. to say, tell you something. You know, yesterday or the other day, I, 
She's like, oh, you do three hours. <laughs> never going to yeah. do three it's hours. Like, never. I was like, let me tell you something. We're going to start talking. Any next thing? Three hours, 29 minutes. Okay. Oh, wow. I was just not prepared because like... 9.30 is my bedtime, right. so we're a little past. So I told her, like, what time do you guys do sure. this? She's, I was like, well, sometimes we start at 8, 9 o'clock. She's like, 8, 9 o'clock? What <laughs> I do you mean? She said reaction. 1 o'clock. I was like, no. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no children. I don't work on the weekends. What? I try to get my things done early so I can have my night. That's, yeah. that's, uh, it's all right. That's you know, the smart thing. We'll let you go. But yeah. I just like to be in bed by 9. Is, is there anything that you guys really wanted to communicate um, before we get out of here? Was there something that was like, One oh, hot I, topic. I got to say this. Yes. I was thinking about the hot topics we didn't touch on, which were, is probably climate change and sexism. Oh, just in general? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because well, I, I, yeah, but that's but not the what I whole other, we, I think that's all we really another three-hour episode. Cause <laughs> I just thought of a really good point about crime in general was said here and i just wanted to read it it says the threat of execution at some future date because this is talking about like how other states who have the death penalty still have higher rates of murder than states who do not so it doesn't deter people from killing someone else it says the threat of execution at some future date is unlikely to enter the minds of those acting under the influence of drugs and alcohol, those who are in the grip of fear or rage, those who are panicking while committing another crime, or those who suffer from mental illness or mental retardation and do not fully understand the gravity of their crime. And I just thought, what a great point, because when we are in, when humans are in fight or flight mode, I mean, think about yourself. I know you... <laughs> I, I know how you react. <laughs> you don't remember it. it. <laughs> so just like thinking about those moments within ourselves that we have in not nearly as dire situations kind of puts things in perspective again. Because the one thing, it's like while you're committing another crime, such as robbery, if you're just trying to feed your family right, during a robbery and you end up killing someone because you're just trying to get out and it's just like an automatic response. Somebody falls and hits their head on a table because you're just trying to get away. Exactly. It's like... They die. Again, you know, having some compassion within these circumstances I think is important. That's a good point. That's an absolutely good point. I think it's a good place for us to head on out. Yeah, I think so. So... Thank you for... Conclude it here. Take us out, Rob Pivots. You got the intro and the ending. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on this episode of Hunger for Knowledge. Mercedes. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. very smooth. Was it good? I was was trying to do my Barry White. (laughs) How'd it go? Not so good? Someone cut this. (laughs) And of of course, as usual, Will Beatty. All right, guys. Oh, also subscribe. Links down below. (laughs) Oh, if I mean, no, I don't want my links down. (laughs) We can put your information at the bottom. No, no, I feel like that's bad. Yeah, no. Okay. I'm not gonna listen to this podcast. I don't want to hear my voice. (laughs) I hear myself all the time when I listen to it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys. be good out there. And, Might have uh, to zoom because <laughs> Will's moving to Florida. <laughs> that's, that's Undecided. Okay. Undecided. All right. See ya.
done. Well, oh, okay. It's it, it doesn't matter. He can just like, oh, right. he can <laughs> slice it up. He can slice it at any time. 